Buckle up everyone and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show with three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. I'm Shano. And I'm the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. We've got another episode of Carpool Rugby League coming yes. your way, fellas. And I can tell you one Fantastic. thing. There are no cracks in the carpool windscreen. No. The uh, EA Falcon <laughs> no, is on no, its no, way no, down the no, M4 and we're ready to go. And, it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's driving through a paddock of chooks and it's hitting them left, right and centre. It's it's There's no there's no beat crack in the windscreen. There's no, there's no chink in the armour. There's everything happening here. And of course, to that reference, uh, what was that? Latrell Mitchell to Penrith, which is I find interesting. We'll talk more about that and our preview of tomorrow night's game, which should be a belter at Penrith Park. Should be an absolute belter. And um, in saying that, many Griffo are actually saying that week one of the NRL could very well be one of the best rounds we've seen in a very long time and in memory. Um, not only do the fans think that that was the case, um, the ratings across Fox Sports uh, yeah. uh, were at record numbers. Um, Saturday night, the South Sharks game was the highest watched game on um, highest watched regular game on Fox Sports ever. Um, th- there's a lot of excitement about this season. Oh, it's exciting! All right, um, yeah, I did see uh, something about Fox like massive increase. Um, on anything they've ever done before. I don't know if they were just taking viewers off Nine's coverage um, or indeed there were more people watching Rugby League. I'm not quite sure on that. Um, but what we do know is is that this is an outstanding competition. Yep. Um, and when you've got Games like we saw last week, I thought really there was only one blowout. Um, you will get people's interest. Yeah. Uh, the standard for round one, I thought, was just amazing. Uh, and uh, the quality of, of games we saw, uh, I don't think we've, we could say, you know, we've seen a better round one. No. Um, you, you normally get, obviously, some good quality games, but it was pretty much across the board. Yeah. Um, even mm. you know some of the lesser light teams came up with uh, with I, I thought the Warriors in Newcastle um, was a pretty good game. I didn't see it all, but I saw a fair bit. Yeah, of it. yeah I um, agree. And from two teams that I don't rate at all, um, you know they put on a bit of a, quite a decent game of rugby league. So I think credit to the administration for what they've set up um, and obviously credit to each and every one of the clubs for, uh, for being, you know, so good this, this early in the year. Um, yeah. There were a couple of teams that were probably walked off the field and thought, you know, we, we didn't really play as well as we should have, but um, yeah, it's, it's a brilliant competition that we've got. Um, the top sides are not as far ahead now as, as what they used to be. Um, 
And there are a lot of teams that, and we'll we'll get into this, you know later on. We'll talk about what happened on the field, but but I think there's a number of teams that uh, I, I didn't have in my top eight um, that are really going to threaten. Yeah, here, here, Griff. I, I I agree with you, and I think um I think what's proven is that you know the, the main the main money spenders in our competition, which 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 is which is television rights, they've they they know the formula. Like you know, there's been it was a lot of criticism on certain on on the way certain clubs where they were playing when they were playing, and when you look at the ratings, I, I think um, the South South Sharks game was the most watched regular Saturday game in history. Regular season game of game, all time for Fox. A regular also. season game of all time. Apart, yeah, if you take away finals, and you know, like okay, six hundred thirty thousand viewers watched that one on Foxtel. You want you want. You know, you want and people watching it. KL, that's huge. Like, and, and 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 the thing is that, um, from what I read, that that actually outdoes a lot of like that's basically as far as sport in Australia goes, regular season games. That's it. That's 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 the most watched, mm. and and that's that's huge. When you think about, you know, um, someone was actually saying on on the radio, you throw in some international sports, cricket, and lot of the like. Um, that's that's a huge result for them, um, and, and you, know, you know, people are critical of, of, of the draw and the way in certain games. It, it, it proves that the television know what they want, they know what their viewers want, and you know whether you like it or not, they're the people that put the money into the competition. So, um, a little bit of hurt for the for the fans pays dividends in the long run. And let's face it, a healthy competition. I think we've proven this. Uh, in just round one, a healthy competition is is so good for this for, for for our brand and and I think when we see what we've got in front of us, it's a healthy competition, and and the people in the know seem to know a lot. So mm. good on I, I I I was critical and I was wrong. So yeah, good on. I think it I think it just shows that the actual product is a great product that people are willing to to pay for effectively and. Yeah. Um, these days too. Well, the other thing to keep in mind too, um, with, you know, I know we're not a, 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 um, you know, a money podcast, but with the way the interest rates are going up, um, a lot of people may be saying, look, it costs a lot of money to go to the football. Perhaps we're better off getting a KO subscription and making a bit of a day of it and watching the game. You know what the funny thing is? You know what the funny thing is, Gray? Foxtel have said, and, and, and this was highlighted actually in a supercars deal. And, and, you know, me and you, we love our supercars, mm. Newcastle 500 this weekend. Um, we, Foxtel said no matter what sport we show, it's going to be an experience to the fan. The fan's going to be better for watching our coverage. And it seems like everything they do, that's their, that's their mantra and it's working. The fans are better for watching their coverage. And I think that's now, I think... I'm not. I don't think this is unfair to say that rugby league was the first jump into Australian sport that they took. I know they have AFL, and I know AFL. They probably had to share a lot more AFL. Um, they probably had to share a lot more AFL than they did the NRL. Um, I know supercars definitely that that, that the viewership in supercars has increased because of their match day uh, ex, or the cause of their race day experience and. 
and 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 someone was bought back from being fired because fans say he's so awesome in Mark Larkin. Yeah. I think I think that when we look at NRL, NRL was the first jump into the deep end that they took, and it's paid absolute dividends. The new when they when they took on the new direction that they were changing the match day experience, and they wanted viewers to be more informed when they left the game than when they. I think they've actually got it right. I I was surprised, but then when I reflected, I'm not at what's been happening with their viewership. Yeah. Now, it's, it's, it's good for the rugby league. We've got a healthy competition. We've got um, a lot of people that are interested in the competition. And I suppose people are also interested in uh, some of the news that's happening now that we've had some games, Shano. So we might Ooh, kick over to you for uh, Shano's tidbits. Well, tidbit number one. Thank you, viewers. Thank you, Graham. Thank you, Griff. Um, Wade Graham cited for three weeks fought and lost uh, interesting uh, a good fan of the show Justin he, he brought up the fact that um, easy games is the draw was the fact that they fought it part of the draw on reflection I think it might have been you know if they if their next three games was Penrith Roosters Storm I don't think they would have fought or if they were playing or, or further the still game. If their fourth game was 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 one of those three, sorry, they may not afford it. They fought it and lost. Um, you know, a lot of people saying they're old school tackles. I, I think that's such a good term for it. You know, um, throughout the coverage, it's a good old school tackle. That's exactly what it is, an old school tackle, and it doesn't wash in our current uh, rugby league. It doesn't wash in the current version of the NRL. So... Therefore, he's got four weeks. That's big for the that's big for the Sharks. Uh, Nico Nico Hines out, him out. Um, it's it's. I, I I think that actually probably pegs them back a little bit. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do over the coming weeks and and, and who they've got. And um, you know they've got the Parramatta Eels this week. I don't think that's. You know, the way Parramatta played last week, although they lost to the Storm, um, they showed they've got that first half. That was that was some really good football. Um, you know, Canberra Raiders came back from what looked like getting obliterated. Um, they've then got St George, which which can be a mixed bag at the best of times, and um, then the Warriors, who I think probably showed on the weekend um, they've got some good footy in them. So, so that's their next four games for the Sharks. So that's interesting. Uh, Joseph Sawali, wow. Didn't he make me look like an idiot? Um, he's made many people look like an idiot in his playing career. Um, me, I honestly thought this guy was going to go to rugby. Uh, I thought that's why the spend-up was big. Um, has basically said, no, uh, I'm going to stay with the – I want to stay with the Roosters. I'm here. I'm committed. Uh, that's massive for the Roosters because the Roosters now have this massive conundrum because I guarantee that they set their salary cap based on the fact that Sawali was going to leave. Now, you're probably thinking, well, what does that all mean? What that means is, is that basically, can Sawali be a fullback? And what does it mean for Teddy's next contract? Oh, look, as far as I'm concerned, Tedesco is still the best player in the competition. It's, it's going to be interesting because if this guy gets another pay increase, he will be he'll be well overs on winger's money. 
Um, South Sydney offered him another deal at, at very high, at, at very high, um, at very high cash. Um, what it does for the Roosters is it starts to say, okay, where does the cap? Where, where are we going to have to start to to, to cull some people because they've bought some pretty big players. They're getting rid of some dead wood. I get it, and that dead wood's on some money. But geez, um, the the Sawali the Sawali decision not to go to rugby, I think, probably leaves the Roosters with a bit of a headache, um, which is which is which is which is a bit which is a bit interesting. David Fafita has also signed a contract extension with the Titans. Um, Interesting. Uh, no details as yet, or I haven't seen any details as yet. Um, uh, I think it was like 800 a year, Shano. 800 a year? Yeah, wow. over three years. I okay, think so 800 a year over three years. Yeah. So that's that's good for him. Congratulations. Very on, good. On, on, on yeah. that. And congratulations um, to the Gold Coast. I think. Yeah, yeah I think. That's I, look, massive. I, yeah, that's I've massive. Got, I've got, I agree with you, Griff. I, I, I didn't think the Gold Coast would going to do it. And when I read the news this morning, um, it, it was... It was very interesting. No, I, I thought, wow, that's actually really good. Um, we've got, we'll go through some of our team changes uh, when we talk about the teams themselves. Of course, if you've lived under a rock for the um, for the past few weeks, um, or past week, I should say, uh, the Dolphins did win last week. Their, their Stan um, TV show has kicked off their documentary. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people just, you know, at the club basically saying that, that, you know, the, the players, you can talk about what they did on the field, but, but Wayne's influence off the field caused a lot of it. Um, look, you know, it's, everyone knows, um, everyone knows what's going on, uh, there he's, 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 you know, I think, I think round one win for the dolphins has basically um has basically meant that uh has basically meant that he it cemented him in in godlike status as far as coaching goes in the NRL. Uh geez, we've got Victor Radley. Um basically experts are urging Victor Radley to sit out next week's game. Uh, we're going to talk a bit about this concussion a bit later. I know that. Mm. But um you know it's 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 very interesting. Um, Kieran Foran hope is, is eyeing off a, a miracle to come back, but we'll talk about that when it comes to um, when it comes to uh, the actual team list. And as far as we go, we're probably going to talk a lot more about other stuff. But for now, that's the end of the tidbits. Thank you, Shano. Well, there's plenty of news to dissect there, really, and and, and unpack. Um, just, just one comment there. I know you talked about Wade Graham. Uh, one yep. interesting thing that um, I've uh, I've noticed, Wade Graham is one of those players. He's getting very close to the 300 club. Um, yep. I'll have to do my maths on this. However, I have a feeling that he'll have to play every single game now for the rest of the year. Yeah, I have a yeah. Feeling that the Sharks might need to make 
a grand final for him to play his 300th game. I think so that whilst, is what I heard this morning. Uh, yeah, I think he had to play every. Yeah, I think what yeah. they were banking on was if he was rested for a few throughout. So at the start of the year, from what I heard, if he was rested for three or four games throughout the year, if they made the grand final, that would be three hundred. So he's now getting wiped out effectively for four. So his three hundred would be the grand final. Mm. Yeah, I don't so, think. Well, no, it's possible, but uh, yeah, look, I think yeah, the uh, the bigger, you know. The lesser possibility is that he's going to be able to go through every game. Uh, that that I agree with you, Griff. Yeah. I agree with you. I I haven't seen Wade Graham play. You know, he's missed most of the last two yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. Very if he can I mean, play, he's an absolute. Oh, he's a great player. Great champion player. player. Great player. Great guy. But ten. No, but, when was uh, the last time he signed to play ten in um, He's had so many head knocks. He's had yeah. all sorts of. He, he's absolutely bashed his body. Um, threw it on the line. I've I've loved watching him since his days at the Panthers. Um, but yeah, his chances of playing every game it's just not gonna happen. No. Um yeah, thirty two years old. Are we thinking like I know I'm I'm assuming a lot here, are we are we assuming that this is probably his last season? I would I would I would have thought. Yeah. It's I'm interesting sure it when is. he hit when he hit the other night. And was put on report. It, it dawned on me that I actually think that this is his last hurrah. I, I not not because he doesn't have the skill. He just doesn't. Yeah, you, know, you know the the mind wants to do what the body can't do anymore, and that's where he's at. I think. Yeah. Um, just quickly before we move on, um, I know the listeners want me to ask this question, fellas. What are our thoughts on this? He got a grade one reckless. Uh, which was going to be three weeks with an early guilty plea. Um, try and fight it and you'll get four. That's what's happened. He was looking to get a downgrade from reckless to careless. Um, I'd imagine what they're arguing was hopefully a um, you know, a grade two or three uh, careless. What are our thoughts on this? I think the official you know, explanation was that it, it, reckless, the hard thing with reckless is they use words like intent in the definition, but the... Um, Graham, can I just the, say... Can I get, last can I get night when the... Um, here? the Yeah, just quickly, just just, just before you comment... Just quick, the, yeah. I was just going to finish off my last comment before I sorry, thought you for an extended one, was that last night a lot of the um, reasoning behind it being considered reckless was the fact that he did leave the ground and when contact yep. was made, both feet were off the ground. That's what I was going to say. I'll give yeah. some legal jargon. The minute both feet leave the ground, you're bugging. Yeah. <laughs> that's the official that's legal it. jargon. That's it. it. That's the official legal line on it. Both feet left the ground, you're bugging. Like, you, you just, yeah. You know, you just it, it just goes to show you launched yourself with no control. And that's what they're saying, is the minute your feet leave the ground, you have no control on what you're doing. So if you plant your feet and launch your shoulder, at least you have an element of control of where that shoulder is going to be because it can't be any, let's face it, it can't go any further than the height of your body. Mm-hmm. The minute you leave the ground, you have no control on how high or how far that shoulder is going to project. And that, you know that's, that's the way they've been doing things for a couple of years now. I can't really argue with them. And my, my, my interesting comments on this one, Griffo, a lot of people were talking about his good record, which he does have a good record. Um, usually he's on the receiving end of these types of things. 
Uh, keep in mind, he's lucky it was his first defence because if it was his second defence, he would have been looking at five matches. Third defence, it could have been six matches. So his record's actually saved him from having an um, extended period um, on the sidelines here. How did, how did you see this one as a neutral watching it on Saturday night? Uh, yeah, I thought, whoa, here we go. <laughs> um, big hit. Uh, he did get uh, 10 in the bin, didn't he? Correct. Yes, it did. Yeah, yeah. I, after the fact, it was retrospectively. Play and they got, um, okay. Well, that's fair enough off. too. I mean, yeah, yeah uh, you know, that's why they have a video ref. Yep, hundred um, percent. Yeah, look, short answer: yes. Definitely, definitely should have got Ted in the bin. Should have got, got suspended. You can't do that these days, um, old school or not. Um, yeah, just don't cut it. Like, uh, yeah, you know, it was certainly reckless. Uh, I can't remember who did a similar type of tackle last year. Uh, it was against the Panthers, um, but someone did a similar tackle, uh, just ran out of the line, just like crazy man. Um, I don't know if they actually even copped a, a, a sin bin, but but you can't. I mean, what you can do is what Felice Cafusi did, you know, um, legal. Mm. Yeah. Same impact. Yeah. Uh, in fact... Probably a better impact, but it was legal. Can um can I just add to that, guys? Uh, Katoa, there's a few there's a few judiciary stuff. We'll, we'll go through it. Katoa, um, dangerous contact grade one. He got a thousand dollar fine. Adam Elliott, dangerous contact grade one, thousand dollar fine. Jordan Rapina, um, well I thought his his attack was quite vicious in my opinion, but he got shoulder charge grade one. He took the three matches. Kyle felt. Careless high tackle grade one, $1,800 fine. Uh, Brinton Nakora, shoulder charge grade one, $3,000 fine. That would have been his, yes. Yeah, so it would be a yeah. second defense. Haminueli, uh, careless high tackle grade one, $1,800. Egan Butcher, uh, careless or reckless high tackle grade one, $1,800. So um, not a bad day. Um, what two, three, eight, three, eight, six, eight. Did anyone eight, go eight. the uh, Madison route and say, uh, I'm not paying a fine? Okay. Yeah, fine. no, um, no, no, no everyone's takers? paid the fine, everyone's okay. paid the fine, yeah, everyone's taken right. the fine. You won't and... want to do it on the shoulder charge because I think the alternative no. to three grand's two matches. Three, oh, well, second offense, all right, one, so... a man uh, out on his own, he's a unique cat. Um, um, so approximately, um, approximately, uh, $10,200 for the that. NRL. I was going to say, raise the, the NRL. NRL raised $10,200 for... on the weekend. Good on them. Yeah. Good on them. Great. That's a bit, that's probably a better fundraiser than you'll have at your local cake stall. It's a lot but, of, um... it's a lot of sausage hangers. Yes, it is. It is. So, uh, yeah, it, it's 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 one of those things. Obviously, um, just the, the last thing I want to say before we move on. There's there's a lot of comments coming out this week. We're hearing, and we'll hear a few more in one of my segments later on, where people are talking about how the games changed and the good old days and this and that. Where yeah. the 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 one thing I want to say, and with the way Graham won, um, he wanted to bring out a. He wanted a big play to inspire his team. Yeah. And the idea was right. The execution, he got his timing wrong. I don't 
really think that the intent there was... You never want to hit someone in the head because you know it's going to be a penalty. That was sort of my view on it. He got it wrong, unfortunately, and the way he he jumped into it meant that it was reckless. The other thing, too, where people talking about, oh, you know, back in the day it was a good hit, whereas now it's um now it's not allowed. The other thing we've got to keep in mind is there's contact to the head. There has always been some form of um, penalty for contact to the head. So I, 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 I know that people, I see where they're coming from with that, where you'd see a lot more of this stuff and there wasn't as much scrutiny around it. But I think one of the most simple ways to put this is Wade Graham made contact with the head. And since the game was invented, um, contact with the head has been yeah. outlawed. I think it's a fairly, you know, this whole idea of, oh, you know, you know, it's a good old-fashioned hit. You know, the reason why we've got, sadly, people in uh, dementia wards that played NRL or who are really sick is because they were the, they were the recipients of many a good hard hit. Um, if one of the I loose w- cannons in the league did it, there'd be an uproar. Like, if that was Latrell. Yeah, like, like, like remember or, when I know Dylan I don't Napa, want to use him as an example, remember but when Dylan, Dylan Napa, Napa, yeah. yeah like, if Dylan one of those guys, that'd and, be... And I think, I think what we've got now is... I think Wade Graham back in the day. Not Wade Graham, but... James Graham back in the day. Like, yeah, I think like we've that. got a situation now where it's like, you know, like, I, I, I always, I always talk about rugby league. Like, you know, if I was in a car with one of you guys, and and we're in an eighty zone, and and we're all grannies when we drive, so that's fine. But you know, like, if you're in an eighty zone <laughs> driving hundred k's an hour, I tap you on the shoulder and say. Hey mate, you might want to slow down, eh? You know, like there's no what's the hurry? And I think that's the I think that's the I think that's the common thread now amongst rugby league players where it's like, well, you know, you're a rugby league player too. You'd want to be protected, so protect them. So when you do something that's slightly, you know, out of left field and 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 significantly hurt someone or hits them in the head. You got to ask yourself, and I think the majority of rugby league players say, "I don't want it happening to me, and I don't want to do it to others." So there's this there's this agreement that we're going to attack the head, and when it goes wrong, I think the NRL have done the right thing to say, "No, when it goes wrong, you need to be punished." Mm. I was, I was very much against the shoulder charge when used correctly. I think what I've seen in the last five years is that very few people knew, know how to use it correctly. That, that when used correctly, yeah. it was actually a really good offensive. It's really good. It was the most attacking weapon a defensive player had. The problem is, I think, I think only a handful of rugby league players knew how to use it correctly. And I'm happy to say I was wrong. I, I, was, really, I was really upset when the shoulder charge got outlawed. I thought that was silly. The problem is what we're seeing now is the majority of issues occur because the shoulder hits the head and the NRL got it right. Mm. Yeah, I'm actually with you. I made a big hullabaloo when it was banned. Um, I, I didn't want it to be banned, but I think hindsight's a great thing down the track. We can see that there's too much potential for certain tackles to go wrong and it's not worth risking the health of the players. So... Um, yeah, Wade Graham out for a few weeks. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But um, look, you know, if we're, if we're going to look at uh, some of the positives from the weekend, Griffo, we might head over to you for Griffo's, Griffo's grab and see what you've got for us uh, this week. Griffo's grab. 
What caught your eye, mate? A lot of things. Um, there was some uh, some brilliance. Uh, a lot of brilliance, actually. Uh, some sort of almost length of the field tries. But the thing that grabbed my eye was a play to win a game. Um, the very first game of the year at... Uh, at uh, whatever they call it, Combank Stadium these days, someone's bank. Um, not mine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was was the the young man Harry Grant, who who really, despite the fact that he plays for the Melbourne Storm, is one of my very favourite players. I think he is just so good. Um, it was a obviously a tight game. We we're into into uh, golden point time. Um, Para had their chances. Storm had had some chances. I think we're on tackle. Uh, might have been, but wasn't the last tackle. Um, might have been three or four. And Para, um, the Storm, sorry, were in prime position to, to take the drop goal. Everyone expected it. Um the players on the line expected it, so they they got off the line quickly. Harry Grant sums it up from about five or six meters out, goes through, um, reaches out, puts the ball down, and that is the game, the first game of the year. Of course, you wrote. Um, what okay. a what a start uh, to the season, but in particular, um, what caught my eye was Harry Grant, and and I saw it right there, and then I thought, there's my grab for the week. Um, there were more spectacular tries and all that sort of thing, but this was the game on the line. Um, yep. Both teams had, had, you know, thrown plenty, lots of mistakes from both teams. But um, you know, it was a it was a hot, humid day. Um, both teams were out on their feet, and and this the 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 Melbourne Storm had the smartest player ever to play the game in that nine jersey in Cameron Smith and. Harry Grant's starting to show that you know he's got yeah. got plenty of rugby league smarts as well. So um, yeah, he caught my eye this week. Yeah, I agree, Griffo. Um, it's interesting. He is an eighty-minute number nine, and with Brandon Smith no longer in the team, I, I just think I just think, and this is no disrespect to Brandon Smith, but I just think that there's no other noise there. It's now his ship to run in the ruck. That's dangerous for oppositions because he's a quality human being, quality rugby league player. In a quality team that um, really showed that they that, that they do have the quality of the Melbourne Storm. We talked about the challenges that they're going to have with the likes of Ryan Pappenhausen out. I mean, one of the most courageous things we've probably seen on a footy field. We love the, the stories of courage. Uh, was Cameron Munster coming back on the field after what was initially looked like a um, compound dislocation, what we're hearing was actually a compound fracture. So the bone's actually broken, not just dislocated and broke, and it uh, also broke through the skin. He came back out and played. He was phenomenal. I would argue that if he does not come back, they don't win this game. And considering the uh, like the the nature of the injury and the um, the potential for infection. That, that would have been a very big decision um, for, for Munster, the team doctors and the coaches to make, to have him out there and to uh, to finish that game. Yeah, yeah. 
It, it, without him being there, they wouldn't have won. So looking forward, Griffo, they're going to be without Munster for a couple of weeks. What impact do you think that's going to have on the team? I mean, it can't have a positive one, but the challenges we talked about last week with their squad and their injuries, you add the likes of Cameron Munster to that. Um, that's a massive name to lose. And we're, we're hearing, I don't know what you guys are hearing. Um, I heard one report today saying, they're, they're thinking probably three weeks out. Um, uh, funny enough, I, I took note because I thought, oh, geez, that would mean he's back round five for the game against the Rabbitohs. Um, I heard I heard the same, but, but basically um, doctors say with this kind of injury, um, because he's played... And if you saw the pictures, if you go online, there's pictures of it, it's great. Yeah. Um, the basically... Because he played with this type of injury, he's now got a heightened risk of infection. So they're basically they're basically putting it all together. They've got a healing time, but they've also got I watch this space on things like healing and infections. So he he you know I if I was the storm, I'd just play it safe. I'd be saying mm. to the doctors, look, don't <laughs> just just play it safe for us. It's not his legs. He's going to continue to run. He's going to continue to do things he needs to do. Um, it's just it's just now about healing and fighting infection. But like they said, with an open wound like that uh, and playing on, the risk of infection has increased significantly. So they're going to have to monitor that. Yeah, Munster will be safe. fine. They have to. Yeah, but... but they got their two points out of the game. They mm, took the yeah. gamble. They took the gamble, they got, got the two points. Right. Take they wouldn't have Take got otherwise. 100% Griffo, yeah. great call. So that's two points in the bank. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's worth the you punt. You don't have to take the risk. He's no. too important to that side. No. He, they will How, be finals football bound. They need a guy like him. How much of an impact does this have, Griffo, coming back to that initial oh, that's um, like, thought? Wish it's coming in. It's not, you know, it's, it's a big, like big for like, for them. Like, no. If, if you're any team, you wish you were playing the Melbourne Storm over the next couple of weeks because it's two points that you are likely to make that under ordinary circumstances, you probably wouldn't. Um, uh, got, now. It's not just Monster, as we talked about. It's Olam. It's Pappenhausen. Mm. Yep. I thought when Colts walked off, he's gone for a while. His name this week, I can't believe. I can't believe that. Uh, that yeah. I, heard, I heard he was two to three weeks off. Yeah. The fact that he's named, I would love to see if he's actually playing. I don't think the, he will. The, the late mail was, or the, the inside word was, this guy has is, is, is going to be two to three weeks on the sideline. Yeah. So, you know, you, you add to that. I mean, I'm going to talk about it a bit later, but um, there's this Coates. Um, I think Penne's also in doubt for this week. There's some Back players... Up. Iremaya and um, the guy with the girl's name, Marian Seve, they're long-term injuries. They're out as well. These are backup players, mm. but they would have filled the breach a little bit. They're absolutely decimated in the bucks. But the thing yeah. you find with yeah. the Storm, the thing you find is we talk about it every year that they find players that may not have necessarily... I mean, I know, Shane, you've used examples in the past... Um, of players that have gone to the storm, put on a purple jersey, become superstars who are struggling. We've talked about players like your, um, like your Eisenhuth in the past. Another one who I'm going to put in that mold, oh. who 
has made his debut at a uh, late Lowe. age. Lowe was another one. Yeah, uh, and Lowe. Garlic. You're going to talk about Garlic. Bronson Sorry, Garlic is yeah, the player. Like 27 yeah. years old, was struggling to make the representative teams for his junior club. And he was he was really good the other night when he came on. Made some really he strong was solid. runs when they needed him. He was him. solid. The problem is, is that, and I think I think the problem is, for a lot of these players who find it who find it hard to break into first grade, the clubs they're at are top four, top six clubs. And 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 when you look at it, I don't know if they're the game breakers, and this is no disrespect to any of them. They're very solid rugby league players and they play some very, very good rugby league. The Melbourne Storm hinge their game on two things. Solid rugby league, honest rugby league, and allowing our superstars to do their thing. It means that in the equation, you need solid football players like Tom Eisenhuth, massive fan. I'm a massive fan of him. Another injury. One. Yeah, another injury. You know, like garlic, you know, solid rugby league players, but they have to have those superstars around them. The problem is, is when these solid rugby league players replace the superstars, that's the issue. They will play solid rugby league, but they won't win games. Mm. And it's interesting. I, I think a lot of it comes down to the coaching and, and the phenomenal job that the coaching staff does to to take these players and really just fill them in um, as a in a job. And one of the main coaches I wanted to talk about this week, guys, um, is actually a feature of our one of our sponsors. Would you believe it? We've got another sponsor this week. We mentioned wow. last week we've got Stop it. a lot of sponsors on board. Um, we'll have to the, put out a new jersey. <laughs> the busy oh mate, if we were in Jersey, there'd be no room left on the thing. There'd be sponsors are plenty. This week's sponsor, um, it's it's a bit of an interesting one because I thought the bloke was pretty pretty busy and he's had a massive week. But um, yeah, I mean, we, we might as well hear from our our latest sponsor and our latest sponsor, everyone. Um, this is Wayne Bennett's Dolphin Training. Yes. Dolphin. Attention all rugby league fans. Are you tired of the same old coaches doing the same old thing? Well, get ready for a breath of fresh air because Wayne Bennett has just embarked on his newest venture. That's right, dolphin training. The man himself is taking a break from coaching on land to train some of the smartest creatures in the ocean. And who better to do it than Wayne Bennett? He's got experience and passion, the rugged good looks to get those dolphins jumping through hip hoops, literally. But don't just take our word for it. Listen to what the dolphins themselves have to say about their new trainer. <laughs> Which translates oh, to, flipper. we love Wayne Bennett. He's the best thing to happen to the ocean since seaweed. So if you want to see something truly unique and spectacular, head on down to Redcliffe and witness the magic of Wayne Bennett's dolphin training. And who knows, you might even learn a thing or two about footy from our aquatic friends. So what are you waiting for? Acquire the services of the greatest coach in rugby league to train your aquatic pets today. Well, wow. well, I'll tell you what, boys. Um, which one of the Bo Bromwich brothers was that? <laughs> which one was that? That's a gonna... good. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Sorry about the coughing there, but um, that 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 ad read was one of the most challenging ones I've ever had to do. But you, when the sponsors are paying Jeez, big, the we're willing to do it. 
Wayne Bennett's Dolphin Training Services, um, I Jeez. think they're going to see an explosion in their um Who's providing business? The That's what I want to know. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what. Tell you what, sh- week one week one proved it. Didn't he have a great week training Dolphins this week? And I know we're, we're a bit tongue-in-cheek there with our advertising campaign, but um, we had the debut game on the weekend, fellas, of... The Dolphins, um, whether you like it or not, we... No, nah, we're not going to apologise. We're going to call them Redcliffe here and there. We'll refer to them as the Dolphins. You guys know No, the they're team. Redcliffe. Yeah, yeah, they're Redcliffe. We're not going Apparently to... Apparently, that's what the crowd was calling them. Yeah, yeah but, everyone's and, and calling look, Redcliffe. Just, 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 just Redcliffe, cut the crap. Redcliffe. Call them Redcliffe. Exactly. I have a feeling eventually they're going to become Redcliffe, but whatever they're called, they were given absolutely no chance... Um, I'll be honest, even on the podcast, none of us said, oh, look, they'll nah, go close. No, they'll might. I tipped the Roosters. I'm out of the knockout comp because yep. of the Roosters. Uh, fabulous debut game. Some of the things I suppose we need to comment on, um, the brilliance of Wayne Bennett as, as the coach. He has taken this squad that was really just pieced together. They, they <laughs> probably had access to less than 30% of, uh, the playing group across the NRL that were off contract. They had to make a team they had, out they of had, what was actually, there. They had 30%. Yeah. They they put the that together. We actually criticised them, uh, players like Felice Kafusi, the Bromwiches, so on and so forth, as being past their best. I'll tell you what, though. The Roosters, they, they got a very big... Um, I suppose, wake-up call. I don't know if they went up there thinking they were going to win. The crowd at Brisbane absolutely loved it. They were dominant. They won the football game, knocked off the team we said last week, guys, were the benchmark this year in the competition. Our potential Spooners beat our potential minor premiers. This is absolutely fantastic. And as Wayne Bennett said... The, the real winners here were, was Rugby League, and this shows that the 17th team coming in, um, it, it was a great idea, and that they're going to be Graham, perhaps they're going to be competitive. Graham, if you look at if you look at it, um, one of the things when I was watching the game, and I just couldn't believe the involvement of everyone. And, and, and after the game, I thought, oh, geez, you know, everyone got involved. Like, you no, know, defensively they were strong. But let's face it, against the Roosters, you can have the world's best defense. You have to score tries. And what really got me was 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 the meters made by by the by the team as a whole. You have you had everyone one to six making over hundred meters. Katal made seventy six. Sean O'Sullivan made one twenty two. Bromwich, Marshall King made over hundred. Like Jarris Wallace didn't play a lot, so we can't include him. Kafusi, 96. Bro, uh, Kenny Bromwich, 139. Tom Gilbert, 95. And and I just looked at it and went, you know, Mark Nichols made 174 metres. Smashing, baby. Go on, Smashing, do it, baby. Smashing, baby. Yeah. Con- and um, a try. Connolly yeah. made, you know, good old Connolly. He was at 104. Shane... Guys. He's a really good player. Oh, he he wasn't. He wasn't in the seventeen originally. No. I think it was um, Herman uh, um, extended response. Extended response. Yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, they made the lead change. I really like. Uh, yeah. Lemu Lemu. 
Let uh, me he lose. did some really good things yeah, for the no, Cowboys last year. I agree. And, uh, Lululemon. He is an attacking weapon. Mate, if you've got a side, and we got, look, we've been blessed. Uh, Griffo, Panthers, two premierships. Us, we've probably seen in the last 10 years, 15, no, 10, last 10 years, the best South Sydney side that has been in his existence for half a century. If I could, if I could walk away and say that of my starting 13 and one got injured, one person didn't get over 100. I'm like, what the hell? You'd win by, you know, you, they, we talk about their defense. The fact that they were making meters across the park shows that this team is a classic Bennett side that works across the park. It's not about doing the conventional rugby league things. It's about everyone ripping in. It's about everyone having a go. When the forwards are tied, the backs make up for it. When the backs need when the backs need to do their thing, the forward lay the forwards lay the platform. The stats speak for themselves. I, I think they're, you know, I couldn't believe it when I saw the all-run meters and I just went, you know, like the hammer was 192. Mm-hmm. The, the guy like Mark Nichols, you know, 17 for 174 was smashing baby. But, you know, like you and Aiken I thought was brilliant, you know, and he had 138. Um, Asako, 184. When was the last time we actually said Asako? Nelly ran for 200 meters. Like he was good. He was good. He was diamonds. Very few rocks. He was the, that's, yeah. you know, I'm like, his biggest like, critic. You know, like and I, I said it. Did well. Back back when back when the girls and I used to watch Australian Opal Hunters, you know, is it an Asako week? What are they finding? Have we got the Opals or not? You but know, even, that, like Jeremy Marshall like, King. Yes. How good was that? Like he was phenomenal. Yeah. If he wasn't your man of the match, I don't know what more he had to do. That guy was phenomenal. He did, uh, he did get them under the ball. He got six Dallium points. Yeah, I'll t- we'll talk about that yeah. in a second. I've got to add that oh, to you. Fuck, agenda. don't start me. I mean, damn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. We just have to change the paperwork on the podcast. Oh, uh, yeah, we've got to put that. We've got to put that, um, that, that L next to our thing. But 40 tackles, guys. You know, like. Like, not only did he tighten up the middle, can I also add to that Tom Gilbert, 42, you know, 42 tackles. Like, you mm. know, they they just... They, they worked they for us. They wanted it. The they, yeah. They were a unit. They came out enthusiastic. No one gave them a chance. And it was one of those situations where they said, let's just show everyone what we can do and just give our all. And the, the effort was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Now, I, I, I think, I mean, I know it's early days. I'm not going to jump the gun here, but are we, now that we've well, seen them well, play a competitive I, game, do we change our thoughts on the Dolphins? Like, do you reckon a lot of people... Well, I never had them last. I did. And I don't... I did. I think, mind I you, did. the team I had last one, so it doesn't matter, but... I probably don't think they'll run last now, but I still think they're bottom four. Oh, they're bottom four. Yeah, yeah. I don't they're know. not going to sustain this. They, I don't know how Wayne much Bennett that got him up the... for that game, and they were yeah, fantastic. The flip side of, of of the flipper side, I should say, Roosters were awful, but they weren't great. Absolutely, were they? the Dolphins no, deserved their win. They smacked them, um, or slapped them with the uh, tail, um, and uh, they deserved their win. The challenge as, is round as, two. As someone who follows, 
as someone who follows the Dolphins in another form of sport, the NFL, massive Dolphins fan, and it hurts me to say it every year. Fins up. Hmm. Fins, yeah, up. fins up. I was, fins I, was up. I was talking to someone the other day. Um, if this is. A, this is I shouldn't be saying this while we're recording, but I'll say it anyway because it might be worth a laugh. If the Dolphins have fins up, they're playing against the Roosters. So if they've got the fins up, is the Roosters equivalent cocks out? Mm. <laughs> what do the Roosters big, have? Wings up. Wings up. Comb. Wings out. Wings up. They've got jiggity jiggity. They've got, they got their comb. Comb up. Comb's up. Comb's up. Remember remember you said it, that thing. Comb's up. The... the like the wobbly thing what's, underneath the yeah, what's... uh the waddle. The wobbly the waddle, waddle. Yeah. yeah. Nah, the the thing hanging off the, the, the turkeys are snood, but they've got their waddles. <laughs> okay. Snood. Maybe <laughs> that could be the eighteenth team, the Perth what's... Snoods. Snoods out. <laughs> snoods out. Okay. Right. Well maybe I got it wrong. So the turkeys. Up. The turkeys. Imagine that. We could start a team. I reckon the, uh, the, the you know, like the, the Constantinople Turkeys. Yeah, the Constantinople Turkeys, whose uh, catch cry is snood out. <laughs> the snood out. Maybe they could be the Central Queensland team, the Bundaberg. <laughs> the Turkeys. <laughs> okay. Well, that would be um, the Bears, the Bundy. The Bundy Bears. Mm. Imagine. There oh, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, the Perth Turkey. No, the Pirates. Yeah. They um, Perth Pirates. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be the 18th team. Anyway, um, Dolphins. Well done. I think that's, um, yeah, I mean, we can't I'll say. I'll tell you enough. what it does do, Gray, in all seriousness. It, it's, it, it, it silences all the criticism labeled at the establishment of this team. Yeah. I you think, know, like I think we... you saw the look on Wayne Vance's face in the press conference. Yeah. I love it when he had that giggle. When he had that smile, when I had my ten, it was like, yeah, yeah. It, it shows that they had a process and they had systems, yeah. That that we as lay people just didn't understand, and 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 good on him. He knew that was coming. He's just yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I think look, I think the roosters, the way the roosters approached the game helped, mm. but I'm telling you now, I've seen the roosters play like that and win. Well, yep. and comfortable. Um, gave him nothing. One thing you touched on there, fellas, was the fact that Jeremy Marshall King was the man of the match and picked up six Dally M points. Now, that's not a misquote. Six Dally M points. Wow. Am I the only person who missed this? Or was this something that just wasn't advertised very well? I feel like uh, after I, the round, you know, I, they like, came out and said, we've got a new system. There's two independent judges that are voting on the the game. Um, I, I feel like wow. this is a change, but it doesn't. Two referees twice the stuff up. That was back in my I, day. I, I, I don't want to get into a <laughs> let's fix the DLM system because we 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 hey. talked about that. It's in the archives. If you want to get Ruan and her brother out, they don't even have to be oh. at the game. But here's the here's the thing, right? So now they have two. Um, two judges. Each judge gives a three, two, one. They are added together to get the total points. Wow. Well, we've seen this weekend. It's been a shambles already, in my opinion. Do you want me to give an example of how? Go, system... go, please do, Graham. 
may not have necessarily worked if the two pl- people are on the... Um, what? Do they have to be at the game? Is that a prerequisite? Can I ask now? you a question, Griffo, just very, very quickly, without just, just not, not labouring the point. Don't need yeah, massive analysis. You would have watched the Penrith Broncos game very closely the other night. Oh, who, yeah. who, who, who do you think would have been your standout for your, your three, three points, oh. for example? Who are the contenders for that? Hard to say. Like it had to be a Bronco got three points. Like, um, mm. I know that. I know what you're going to say because um, I've heard the scenario. <laughs> we had two guys end up with four points each. You can't have both of them getting two off both judges. So one of the judges has said Payne Ass was the man of the match and gave uh, Dylan Edwards one point. The other judge said Dylan Edwards on the losing team uh, got man of the match, three points, and Payne Ass got one. Um and uh, yeah, Adam Reynolds three points, Pat Carrigan one point. In so that Reynolds one. would have got a two and a one. Yeah, and uh, I guess yeah, Carrigan. Look, um, I've made tell me how Adam... clear on on awards. I they're trying to make it better because obviously there were issues, but you want to make it better. Yeah. Just, yeah, maybe um, put down points, but keep it, you know, out of the public view yeah. till the end of the season. Yeah, I'm at you know, that a, point. A now, panel Griff. of, you know, respected judges get together without knowing the points, just say who was the best player this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, if it, uh, you know, if we get a bit of a deadlock there, then go to your points. Um, I agree, Griff. It's, it's what, getting to what, a point. It's getting to the point where there's no there's no consistency in who our so-called experts are. Like it's just like any old punter. They're like, made of anonymous now, Shane. Yeah, I know, and it's ridiculous. Like, I think what the problem is is that okay, say say the person who gave Dylan Edwards man the match for argument's sake. Is the person that actually had the clout to give man the match on the night? So on TV, Broncos win, and Dylan Edwards gets man the match. Now, I'm not having to go with Dylan Edwards. Don't don't get me wrong here. In watching the game, I actually don't think Dylan Edwards was the best player on the field. You know, like, like, I couldn't, I couldn't have given it. I go, I'd have to give it to a Bronco. They won, uh, even though like, they only won by one. They were I, convincing can I, winners. Can I, can I say that 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 Adam Reynolds was 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 for me the man of the match on the night? I thought, I thought, I thought, and I think what we've done is we've taken away from this fact. Back in the day, when you had man of the match, man of the match was. Could this person, could this team have won without them on the field? What what impact did they do? What was their what was the reason why this team won? And it was because this individual just played out of their skin for the night. They did everything they needed to do. Which is why when we used to have draws, sometimes you'd have two. Because you know what? There was one player who got the team to this point, and there was another player who was able to get them back over the line. I, 
I don't like the system feel, at all. No, I don't like no. the system at all. What if the I best three players in the league are from the same team? Graham, they can't Graham, come first, I, second, and third because they're taking Graham, points off each other you, every week. Graham, can I tell you 100%? That's my problem. Can I also say another thing? I think people are looking at this new system now with rose-colored glasses. They're looking at what they've done throughout the year, not the day, not the week. That what you do today matters. And and I think the system was right four, five, six years ago when we saw the best players in rugby league win the medal. Mm. I'm looking at what's happening and unfolding now, and I it's it's a shambles. I can't believe that this is the best option they've come up with. I I I I I, I just don't see how it's even remote. It, it's like. What are you looking at? Okay, can I can I say my biggest problem with this as well? I used to, I won't name names, but I did a bit of an analysis on the people who would give daily end points, and and I looked at it across the board when they named them, and there were three categories: there were journalists, forwards, and backs. The forwards would always give the points to the forward. The backs would give the points to the back. The journalists would give the points to the best player. These were journalists that never played rugby league or had a very limited career in rugby league. Their, their career was journalism more than rugby league. I think what this shows is, is that players who played NRL are really poor judges of who's actually the best player on the field. And... In some ways, I never agreed with the Brownlow system, but in some ways it works that, you know what? The, 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 the most impartial person on the field actually tells you who the best player was and they know because they're out in the middle with them. So I, I, think, there's, I, I, I think they've actually regressed in this. They've gone backwards. Mm. I, I also think... Um... I'm going to talk about this in a similar vein to what we talked about when we uh, previewed the season and the draw. From what you're saying there, Shane, I've only just thought of this now. The the Daly M could be highly influenced on your draw in a sense of not who you're playing in that week. No, but not only just who you're playing, but who gets drawn as your Daly M um Judge, yeah, because you if we've got That's if we've got saying. one player, if we've got one expert watching the game and saying that person's worth three points, the other person's versus one. At least previously, you were getting that one opinion. The, the The issue here is, I don't feel as though having two judges is actually giving. It, it, essentially, yes, can it's I, giving can more I, can points. I give it, Graham? It's not 100%. more opportunity for people to do better. Yeah, it's actually giving you the opportunity where if someone's got a differing opinion. It's, it's, it's robbing someone of two you points betcha. that could get them the, the medal at the end. Now, it's not perfect. It's not perfect, but it's it's, it's not bad. The ABC uh, award the Warren uh, Warren um, Ryan 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 medal. Sorry, I got a mental point there. Warren Ryan medal. They're judging when you watch the games and the way they do things is actually pretty damn good. Now, they've got ex-players playing, but, you know, when you look at the ex-players and who they are, you know, I actually think when you look at that kind of... When you look at their kind of setup and their kind of system, 
and the points that they award, I actually for for a year actually went through and had a look, and I, it's it's not bad. It's 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 fairly spot on. I think the problem is a lot of the a lot of the media people that that are that are in the mainstream Fox Channel Nine media. It's almost like they're building they're building the narrative. And and they shouldn't be building the narrative. It should be if you're the best player, you win. ABC don't have to build the narrative as part of their as part of their deal as being a free-to-air um, radio broadcaster. The government give them money to put free-to-air sport on their broadcast, and that is the main games when they're when they're played. I think that sometimes they're more on the mark than the Daily M. Actually, I think most of the time. I this is not taken away from any previous Daily M winner that deserved it. I just think that we five or six years ago, maybe even and and, and beyond that, had a better system that that produced better results than what we've got now. In all fairness, five of the eight games, um, one player got the maximum six points. So out of five of the eight games, both judges. I'm sorry, that's poor. That's poor. That shows you that that they're working from two set of objective ideologies. It doesn't work. It's a bad system. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. They're trying to do something. In all fairness, we we said they had to do something. This wasn't it. Um, but they're, they're doing something. Um, it's not to the point where it gets Graham's gaff, but... Uh, yeah, what does? Well, I think we're going to open up a... You, you ever get the feeling that another can of worms might just get opened up here? We'll see how we go. The dolphins right. feed on worms. Pilchards. Pilchards. Uh, are they like worms? Maybe. Okay. I used to go fishing. Seas. Oh, worms of the sea. Anyway, we'll see okay. what's happening over okay. in, uh, in Griffo, if Griffo's. Oh. Graham's gaff. That's a gaff in itself, isn't it? Yeah. It is. <laughs> there it is. Edit that out. All right. So now, yes. Graham, can I start by saying this? We had a conversation in Wollongong where you talked about the gaff, right? And you said, I'm not too sure if the gaff is, it does by the spirit of the show. I and, know. And, and I've almost You said, I'm not too sure if the spirit is in with the show where we're having fun, we're yeah. doing a podcast for people. Yeah. Maybe the gaff is just, is just, is just highlighting someone's poor thing or an negativity. Accuracy negativity around things thank god this person saved you griff and that's what uh uh, graham and that's why the gaff is is in play that's a bit of an insight there was an unofficial team meeting um yeah on wollongong beach uh, north wollongong beach yeah i was was visiting the the negativity around rugby league because we like to focus on the positives um, in all fairness, we said, oh, if someone does something funny, like runs to the wrong end of the field, we've got to have them. Then, then, then this story came out and I said, well, we've got to talk about it on the podcast. Let's make it the gaff because I'll be honest with you. It, it blew this my is mind. a gaff. 
This is a gaff, um, mate. Whether you like it or not, it's it's a twofold gaff. If this was this the is one hundred percent gaff. If this was the Daly M, um, you'd be split as to who you give your three gaff points to, whether it's Ricky Stewart or Phil Gould. Uh, the, the Ricky uh... Stewart comments. Um, Ricky Stewart kind of had my gaff. He was talking about the um, the independent doctors and how they're not needed and they don't trust the coaches and so on and so forth. Um, yeah. And I was ready to I was ready to roll with the gaff with a. With my angle being, look, Ricky, you're not a doctor. Um, yeah. You shouldn't be making those decisions. And then we had comments the other night on 100% footy. I'll be honest with you, I wasn't up late enough to watch it. And I think even Stupid. Channel 9's lost faith in this show with the fact they put it on at about 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm actually, we don't do this very often. I'm going to play the audio from the other night. And obviously this is courtesy of the Nine Network and their 100% footy broadcast. But these comments, they come from Phil Gould uh, in regard to um, some of the comments made by Ricky Stewart and the fact that perhaps the independent doctors may not be needed in the NRL. Right. I've talked to you about this concussion hysteria and where the game is headed and why it's headed that way and who they've given way to, media and doctors and lawyers and all this misinformation, etc. And I think that the, the, the doctor in the bunker is the greatest abomination perpetrated on our game in history. Not every bump to the head is a concussion. Not every concussion is life-threatening. It's just total overkill. Not every slap to the face or bump in the head requires a HIA review. It just would appear that old mate up in the bunker has decided whenever someone gets a bump to the head, they've got to go off and get checked for 15 minutes, which I find totally ludicrous. We talk about play... It's all about litigation. That's what it's about, protecting that, the That's game what the game's litigation. worried about. Exactly right. They're but... worried about this tsunami of class actions, which we've been threatening for ages, which never come. But, you know, and if we did, I say take them on. There's not a court in the world that's going to award them anything. Those comments come in there, courtesy of uh, the Nine well, Network. Graham, it's, it's, it's quite a simple... It's quite simple. This is the comments of a rambling lunatic. I'll tell you who needs an independent doctor. He's had too many hits to the head. He's proof that we need to look after our ex-players. Comments like that. This is not the world we live in anymore. You know what? Thank God it's not the world we live in. Let's start looking after people's welfare. This guy was a coach not that long ago. He currently manages a football club. Imagine if you're a bulldog. He manages a football club, yes. Who says... This yeah, man I... who effectively runs our club, that's what he thinks of looking after my welfare. Yeah, I think I, that I is think, one of the most think, disgusting things I've ever heard. I think he's off the mark. Someone in our game I think today. he's off the mark. I think he's off the mark. I, I, I think what he was trying to say was, is there a middle ground we could find as a, as a code? And there's not. So, yeah, I, I, I thought his comments, when I heard his comments, I, I was flabbergasted. I, I, I couldn't understand where they were coming from. Um, you know, those days are over. Thank God. Oh, I, yeah, thank God, really, because you know. But yeah, I. Yeah. I think I think I think the comments coming out of the week around this, and obviously, um, we're not going to labour the point here with HIA because you could you could just about make a podcast every week with the things that come out about it. Um, the majority of the actual HIAs on the weekend weren't like the vast majority. There's only a few that were actually picked up by the independent doctor. It's actually the club doctor that's, um, that's picking most of these up. And a lot of the players failed these, 
um, these HIAs. Now, where Ricky Stewart wanted, he was a bit upset that his players got rubbed out and he wanted the decision to come back to the coach. I'm sorry, Ricky, you are not qualified to do so. You are not vested a medical professional. No, vested Yeah. And I think, um, fellas, I don't have the comments here to play for everyone um, as a part of the gap, but I would highly recommend that um, if you're a fan of the game, you're a fan of the podcast, if you're listening to us, uh, we know you're a big fan, find the comments of someone who has been directly affected by this in recent times. The most mature response I have ever heard to this, um, I was going to say argument, but it's not an argument, it's a, it's a topic. And the the best insight I've heard in a very long time, I thought he spoke phenomenally, was Luke Keary during the week. Luke Keary highlighted the, the point that the independent doctor needs to be there because as a player, for example, he talked from a player's point of view because that's his role. He's a, he's a player. He said, you want to play and you will do what you can to play and to tell the coaching staff so on and so forth, the doctors, that you're good to play. He said, sometimes you are not even, he used the terms, I think, I hope I got this right. He says, you're not even awake or conscious to the fact that, you know, of, of what you're doing. He said, and you, you're trying to convince them that you can go on, that you can play. He's had these issues with, with head knocks. This is a young man who's got a big life ahead of him after football who has his health to, to, to be concerned about. He admitted yep. that players are going to do what they can to get back on the field. That, and that needs to be taken out of their hands by a medical professional who says, based on the symptoms, based on my medical opinion, not I'm Gus Gould and I know everything, well, based on a right. medical opinion, it's not safe for you to go back out. And do you know what? If they err on the side of caution, excellent. Because Graham, what Bill Gould's upset with is people getting hit. It's not being a big hit that causes a concussion, and we send them back out. Graham, he, I've he's, got he's, out, he's got the shits about that fifteen-minute inconvenience that could be the difference well, between someone's health. Graham, pull Dr. your head Rowena. in, get your head out of Ooh. your ass, and get Graham. over yourself. It's not about you. It's about the health and welfare of the players that you are parading around on the field and using his show ponies. The dogs is fitting because that's how he's treating them. He is treating these players like show dogs. They are human beings with families and futures and you need to look out for them and that's part of your job as a football manager. And Rand. That's All right. right. Well, that's good, Rand. Graham, Dr. Rowena Mobs, um, who who extended an invitation to Gould to visit her patients on... Um, uh, she is at the forefront of research in the CTE, and, yep. and she just basically said, "Look, um, I, I like what she said here. She said, I respect Phil Gould. Uh, this is through Daily Telegraph. I respect Phil Gould in many ways, but his comments on concussion are shocking and represent a view from the distant past when concussion didn't um, count and players played despite brain injury." It's funny, she said that the uh, not every independent doctor's call be accurate, but it's the safest option. She actually said that the I'm not too sure if she said it or or this was the someone else said his views are distant and archaic. And I thought that's that's 
that's that's really that's really interesting. Um, to add to her comments, winning is important, but potentially at what cost? Um, it's a game. You know, you've got you've got some very very interesting things there. I um, I'm amazed he hasn't come out since that comment and said, look, you know what? I paraphrased myself in the wrong light. You've always got to err on the side of caution. They're people. They've got families. They've got kids. You know, they're someone's dad. They're, they're, they're you know, they're a son. They're, they're, they're everything to Husband, everyone around them. Brother. You know, you've got to err on the side of caution. And when I look at someone like like Luke Keary, who has done that and who is playing football at the moment, hopefully good football, it's just, you know, like you've got to be able to you've got to be able to 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 find a balance. I think an independent doctor has done it. I think independent doctors show, regardless of what everyone else says, that's an unbiased view into what they saw as the injury. I go to the doctor and the doctor gives an opinion. I'm sitting there in a chair. I don't have doctor at the start of my name. The person opposite me does. When they give their opinion, I have to listen and I have to go with it. I... I think that an independent doctor, if they say this person should come off, they should come off. Like, like you know, it's it's it it's funny. We're now like, um, was it Dean Ritchie wrote a wrote a um a piece in diving, you know, and it's like, not that it was about good or bad or indifferent, but it's just like. You know, it's about diagnosing what the doctor sees. And, you know, like players trying to milk penalties. Well, a doctor can only see what they see in front of them. If a player wants yeah. to do that and then they're pulled off for 15 minutes, well, they're pulled off for 15 minutes. If they show symptoms, if I get, look, I, I'll be honest with you guys now, I'm, I'm, I don't feel 100%. I, I, I've got a cold or whatever. I don't know what I've got. It's not COVID because I tested for that. But, but you know, what if I went to a doctor and I told him my symptoms, the doctor would, or her my symptoms, the doctor would give me a series of answers based on the symptoms I present with. If someone gets hit slightly high and lays on the ground and the independent doctor says, you're off, well, they're off. Yeah. If you laid on the ground... Whether you milked it or not, it doesn't matter. You showed the symptoms. And this is what Ricky Stewart's got upset with. Well, I'm sorry, Ricky. If you want your players to milk a penalty, well, then you're up for the consequences because this game needs to start protecting its key asset. The number one asset to this game is its players. And I'm bloody glad it's starting to protect them. Yeah, I, I can't do anything but agree with both of you gentlemen um this is 2023 we know more than we did in the past um and, and those comments that were made by by both ricky stewart and 
um, and also feel good, but particularly the, the Gould comments. They're, they're from the past when we didn't know as much. Um, and I didn't know Phil Gould is, is any sort of lawyer that can predict what every judge around the world is going to do. But, I mean, it, it was a ranting of, of, you know, someone who, who seems to maybe be losing the plot. Like, um, he's a respected man in uh, in rugby league circles, and rightly so. He's, he's, he's done some great things on and off the field. But he loses credibility when he, he starts making those statements. And he, you know, whether he's... I'm sure he believes he's right. Whether he's doing it to try and, um, uh, you know, get more ratings or not, I'm not quite sure. I don't think that's it. I think he actually believes what he's saying, but he's wrong. Simple yeah. as that. Very, very hard to agree with him. And my, my biggest issue with the Phil Gould comments, Griffo, was I'm not not giving Ricky any benefit of the doubt. I, I, I know that Ricky Stewart often uses the press conferences to try and deflect away from his team's performance. I mean, my first reaction to the Ricky Stewart comments are, mate, if your team was was shit hot, you don't have to worry about who goes off with okay. concussion. Some You'll get the job done. But the thing that worries me about Phil Gould was he, had, he went on TV 24 hours plus after the Ricky Stewart comments. He had time to sit there and think about what he was going to say. And that was his opinion. It wasn't in the heat of the moment where someone put him on the spot. It wasn't uh, speaking out of emotion after a loss like Ricky Stewart. Not that I'm excusing Ricky Stewart, but I'm saying what makes the feel good comments even more baffling was that he actually sat down, thought about this and said, this is the best way to approach this issue. I actually, some of the, the, the most interesting comments I find on these topics are from people who not aren't necessarily as entrenched in rugby league as people like ourselves. And when I first saw that um, those comments from Phil Gould, I'll, I'll have to admit it wasn't on the, um, the Channel 9 show 100% footy. They actually played the... Um, the footage the next night on, I was watching NRL 360 and I was sitting on the lounge with my wife and she had my son on, on her knee. And the first thing that she, like she just looked at me, shook her head and said, you know, ask Mario Fennick, ask Ian Roberts. And I said, and I was adding to the list, ask Steve Mortimer, so on and so forth. These are players through our game who are suffering now with, you know, uh, signs of dementia and whether you want to argue, you know, we're not doctors to say whether that's caused by concussion or not. But to be so dismissive, I mean, I think that gives a bit of an insight from someone who's, who's a, you know, obviously, uh, you know, watching the game as an outsider looking in, not as entrenched as we are, you know, commenting. And that's their first, first thought. I thought they were really interesting comments, um, you know, that, 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 that show what, the average person might be thinking about this. Yeah, I, I could, I could, I could open up on this, but um, yeah, I, I think the comments we've seen since this, where I think we've just got two really squeaky wheels on our trolley cart here in 
Ricky Stewart and um, Phil Gould. They're the squeakiest wheels in the comp. Squeakier the most. They are the squeakiest wheels in the comp. And I think that if you were to ask 16 out of 17 coaches, they're probably for the independent um, doctor. If you ask out of the media, 99% of them are for the independent doctor. I think, and I think it might show when you're sitting at a planning meeting, like we would for the podcast, at Channel 9, and they say, what are we going to do in the next segment? Well, Gus is going to tell you why players should play with concussion and the independent doctor is um, a waste of time. I think that also shows the audience that some markets are trying to attract. And here on Carpool Rugby League, we're looking for an intelligent audience and that's what we get. If you're one of those, you know, redneck bogans that think that the game needs to be what it was 30 years ago and that the player's health doesn't matter, um, I'm not offending anyone because you wouldn't be listening to our podcast anyway. So, yeah, I'm a bit fired up about that. That really pissed me off. But um, You're not, you're not a man who gets fired up often, no, Graham. Uh, bugger him. But, yeah, yeah. It's just, I, I just think given someone who's got human beings that... Yeah, like I said, you know. Yeah, they're not. You know, you know what does Graham and I. I had this chat with someone just recently. Um, rugby league's not sports entertainment. It's actually human beings playing, playing the sport they love. These human beings actually have families, and that's who you got to think about. Um, you know, at the end of the day. You want them to be fit and healthy for everything they've got to do during rugby league and post rugby league. You know, it's you know, I can you imagine here's me and the wife or the child of, of a player who's been knocked out, you know, who who goes into the sheds or goes into you know or work, you know, comes home and he's just that 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 I, I don't know, like my I I've never had that, but but I know I've been pretty sick in the past and I know the stress that puts on families and I wouldn't want anyone to live through that. And you want these people to have long, fruitful lives. That's why it matters. And, and to say that this is a knee-jerk reaction, I think, is, I, think it just, I think it just craps in the face of, of basic human decency. That's why we don't get it because us three and I, I'm happy to say this, I've, I've known you two, well, I've known Graham for all his life and, and Griffo for, for freaking Very long time. 20 years. Um, we, we are basic human beings. We, we want the best for each other. And, and whenever we do anything and whenever we hang out together, we look out for each other because we want the best in each other. And we just assume that's what the NRL and people want for their players. And when people make these comments and we go, hang on, you actually don't want the best for your players or your or the best interests of people around you. It, we just don't get it. And that's why I think we, we might be rambling now because we just don't understand it. Like yeah. I want, yeah. yeah. That's why I think we. That's why we're probably rambling yeah. now. Is, is that we just don't get it, and, and um, we want you know for our rugby league players, and and for the people who provide us with week in week out, no, I'll call it entertainment. That's it's it's probably a very poor way of putting it, but 
But for the for the clubs that we love, and as fans have vested interest in, I have just a vested in. I have just as much a vested interest in the health and welfare of the people that play for 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 our clubs and the people who play for our clubs need protection in in all forms i'm not just talking about um head knocks i'm talking about things like mental health and and, and welfare and and you know we've got a women no women leagues around it and it's it's uh, international women's day hello to everyone out there and shout out to everyone who identifies as woman who's listening um you deserve the day i love what the un said you you got 300 years to go that is fucking scary in my opinion but anyway that's another discussion for another day um we have to protect everyone and we need the best for everyone and and i think graham your frustration is my frustration and i know it's griffo's frustration that we want the best for everyone who plays our game health-wise and when people come out and just go no this is about spectatorship or viewership nothing makes me sicker i i, I was watching that south game the other night when totally got hit in the head my first thoughts was of his family it had nothing to do with what he was going to play next week or whatnot it's just oh jeez, mm. i hope he's all right you know i hope i hope he's okay i hope I hope he's able to do stuff. I hope he's all right. You know, don't worry about next week. This guy might not play for a month. In my mind, it didn't matter as long as he was okay for the people who love him and then for his job. Um, in one of the in one of the uh, places I do volunteer work for, I think they've got it right. They go, it's family, work, and us. And I think a lot of rugby league community, and I think the majority of rugby league community understand that. It's just disappointing that some of the people who are getting paid a lot of money on media don't understand that. Mm. Yeah, look, I'm I'm just going to wrap it up here. And I, my, my biggest concern about those comments were the fact that um, Phil Gould based it all around his opinion that the NRL are only doing this because they're worried they're going to get sued. I actually genuinely believe that there are people in our community that care about the players as human beings. And I, I don't know if I'm being naive there, but um, maybe that, that thought is, is fueling some of the passion here. But um, yeah, they, these, these guys are human beings and um, yeah, we, we, we love to watch them play and they do so much for us. I think the least that we can do as a community is um is look after their health. And in saying that, fellas, um we got some footy this week. Let's What's get into it. Let's Round two. There's a fair bit to talk about. Um look, it's time for the two minute tip. Yeah. Alright, there's the whistle, there's the kickoff. It's round two. And geez, don't we have a uh geez, insert word here. How do you describe this game? I was going to say blockbuster. I don't know if that actually would suggest how big this game is tomorrow night out at Penrith. Uh, the Panthers hosting the Rabbitohs. Um, for the Panthers, I've just updated here, guys. Obviously, we're less than 24 hours away, so I'm looking at the team news. No changes for the Panthers. 1-17. to 17, uh, the, the news this week really is that Eisenhuth joins the bench in place of 
Scott Sorensen, who um, has a concussion. That's the only change I can see to last week's team. Uh, for South, there's a lot of talk about Latrell Mitchell's knee, but he'll be uh, he'll be fine. He'll play. He's good to go. Uh, the big outs for South Sydney, and they are big outs, not only physically, but uh, figuratively to this team. Tavita Totola, out with that concussion that he suffered in the uh, first hit-up of the game last week. And Jai Arrow, he'll be out for a couple of weeks, we're hearing, with a hamstring injury. They're both out. Uh, Daniel Saluka Fafita comes into the starting lineup for Totola. Jed Cartwright's going to come onto the bench for South Sydney. Um, Shane, I know you wouldn't have missed this one. Number 18 for South Sydney this week is Talis Duncan. Um, The Rabbitohs this week, not only... Uh, Yeah, they've been... It's uh, basically uh, both clubs have now named their only two reserves to sit out before an hour for the game. So... Tell us Duncan's still being there. Very interesting. Tane Milne's still there. Hosking and Smith um, on the reserves for the Panthers. I think the talk out of this one, guys, obviously we've got the Panthers coming off a loss. Um, they are coming up. At, we, we know the Panthers have some injury concerns in themselves. Obviously, Taylor May out long term. Um, I mentioned they're also uh, Scott Sorensen out. For the Rabbitohs, though, um, Shane, I might throw to you first yeah, for your two-minute sure. tip. Um, I'll put it this way. They have five forwards out yep. who, um, prior to the season starting, many were saying would be part of the 17. That's Totola, Arrow, um, Host, Havili, and Sele. I yep. actually said that, um, and, and I might be eating my words here in my comments later, um, I actually said I was worried about South Sydney's depth, but last week... Um, even though players went off early, they uh, they put in a good performance, and the players that that, that came in and um, dug deep did a really good job. Yeah, yeah, I agree, Graham. Uh, massive game. Can, can I talk about Penrith for a minute first? Um, I think I think their their forwards, Leota, Kenny, Fisher, Harris, Garner, Martin, Yo, like they're Penrith. Um, they are probably not versing South Sydney's. Number one Ford pack. Um, that's probably got when you look at when you look at Penrith as a whole. That's probably got them in good stead against South Sydney. Uh, Sony Luke Eisenhuth, Linu, and um, the 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 C Jamin Salmon. We won't talk about the argument that happened there. Um, yeah, it, I, I think it's quite interesting for me. I think if South Sydney need to step up, it's in that forward pack. Their back line of Latrell, Johnson, Tass, Campbell, Graham, who was brilliant last week, Isaac Thompson, Walker and Ilias. Ilias was brilliant. Um, I think they're fairly settled. They're bursting a very, very, very good back line in Edwards, um, Tuava, Targo, Tago, sorry, Crichton, To'o, Luai, and Cleary. Penrith don't play many many games back-to-back that are poor. I'm tipping South Sydney in this one, though. I'm tipping South Sydney because I actually think this is going to be a very close game. I think this is actually going to go down to the wire. I usually tip the home team, but when the home team's playing South Sydney, I'll tip South Sydney. I thought last week... Um, they showed a lot with their with 
with with with the troops they had. Fifteen in the end, at times fourteen to choose from. I think Blake Taft will play a far bigger role. If Blake Taft does what he does last week and comes on with ten minutes to go, then the coach has to start seriously looking at what he's doing. I've got South Sydney. Well, just just before I go to Griffo, Shane, you, I know you've been yep. a big fan of Blake Taft. Yeah. What would you see as his role? I mean, I know you are surprised that he only played ten minutes at the end. Do do you see? I mean, if he comes on, a lot of the arg- the counter argument is okay. Who do you bring him on for? What what happens? Like, do you play him as a third this, half in the lock role? Can, can I can I just Where, say, Graham? Who do you he, take he, off in that back line? He he's defensively he's very sound. I actually think that in defence he could play fullback. I, I think in defence he can play fullback. I think when you're talking about attack, this roving guy who's got immense ball playing ability, who can hit the ball at pace, I would just. I, I think the problem is is they haven't had enough game time or or practice time to see what this guy can do. I. I think he's got to get his hands on the ball. He is a different, he's the point of difference in this side. Um, Lachlan Ilias was brilliant last week. He's not going to replace Lachlan Ilias, but he's this extra string to the bow that when he comes on, he makes, you know. Um, last week, I thought with Penrith and Griffo, I'll be keen to get your your input on this. They were going to the they went to the they went to the left hand side and it was like the defense knew what was going on because kick out wasn't there. There wasn't that extra guy to make them second guess. That's what to me Taft's gotta do is make the defense second guess. It it sounds to me I'm reading between the lines here. I feel as though regardless of how they name, I feel like your ideal South Sydney team might be minus Isaiah Tass with either Taff or Luttrell named in that centres and they switcheroo throughout the game you know, as to you who know plays what, Graham, defence and attack. And I know I'm taking more than my two minutes here. And no, no, no. I was this. curious. This is but but yeah. but can I say this? Captain's Graham, challenge, I'll let you go. Can I say this, right? We've got we've got we've got Lachlan Ilias in the middle with Damien Cook. If you had an attacking opposition, if you're attacking situation where you had on one side Cody Walker, the other side uh, Blake Taft, and everything roaming around them, uh, yeah, I understand you, that. You but know, who, whichever way you go, rather, I, I just think that who comes I just off think, to put him on? He's in the fourteen. Where do you where do you create that extra playmaker? Where, where's the expense? I, come? I, I, I do you give think, Cameron Murray a rest? No, no, no. I actually well, think who, it's when, when a second rower comes off and you push and you push um and you push Latrell into the centers as a as a as a as an extra defender. He can defend. And the other guy that can defend is Campbell Graham. So you're effectively I, 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 having Campbell Graham or Latrell playing back row. Back row and defense, yeah. Interesting. And comments. that's what that's that's what centers do. Very interesting. That's what centers do. Now you you know, I I look at the team they're playing. Mm. If there's one, if there's one feature of their centers playmate, if there's one feature of what the centers do, 
is they defend like forwards. They can cover attack very well. Yeah, yeah, and, I understand that. And in defence, the 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 half will go outside yeah, them. Yep. Yeah. I yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a difficult one. I'd be I'd be very concerned, especially is, when you're working well, it out of your own end. Uh, yeah, it, it's is, a tough one. You're trying to fit. Is, it's like you're trying to fit is, an extra a back in the team. Roosters did this really well. Play smart. If I've got if I've got Taft on the left side, I kick to the right. I make the roost. I make the opposition work out of the side where my forwards are first. Like you know, this is what good teams do. They 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 strategically kick to a side that the benefits their 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 defense. Anyway, I've taken my two yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah. My 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 concern there is getting Taft more involved. I'm worried that it might um, weaken. He can tackle. Area. Like he he's yeah, actually yeah. a very good defensive player and he showed yeah, that in I, junior I just worry it might weaken another area anyway we're getting into a comment that we need to have over a beer before the game tomorrow night Shano um, Griffo I'll head to you obviously very unique situation here we've got the carpool rugby league um, fan favourites going up against each other Penrith also in the very unique situation where I'll, I'll say they're coming off a loss I mean some people want to want to talk about them coming off two losses. Effectively, it's two losses at home, which is very rare. Um, many Penrith fans have reminded me this week that the World Club Challenge shouldn't be counted in that. However, we have had comments this week that maybe um, Penrith aren't the team they used to be. Even you've talked in the podcast through our preview that um, you're not expecting Penrith to possibly be that number one team to beat. You and Spencer Lino agree. That's another thing we'll talk about at another time as to who's the pinnacle of the rugby league. But um, be interested to see your thoughts on how Penrith bounced back from a loss last week at home coming up against the Rabbitohs in this big one. Yeah. Um, I'm of the uh, belief that they've lost two games in a row. Very similar. Um, wet night. All the team dominated for most of the game, defended very well against the Panthers. Panthers looked a little bit lost in attack. Got a try just before full time to make it game on. Both times lost 13 points to 12. I went home saturated and uh, tail between my legs. Um, uh I don't question the effort. The effort's certainly there. Execution is lacking. Um, the reality is this team at the moment is not anywhere near as good as the team that played the grand final, as the team that beat Souths quite convincingly in the prelim final last year. Um I'm actually tipping South. Uh, obviously, I want Penrith to win. But I tipped six out of eight last week. And I... Oh, I um, That's great. <laughs> and, you, know, like, you got a bit lucky there, obviously. But um, I'm, I'm simply tipping this as uh, as a rugby league follower rather than a Penrith supporter. I just think Souths are looking better at the moment. 
Um, Penrith's defence has generally been strong, but last week, Steve Crichton went for an intercept when there was no need. Mm. Um, it, it ended up turning the game around because the Broncos scored and then not too long later, uh, out of dummy half, the Broncos looked all at sea like they did. What do we do? Um, all of a sudden, that threw out the pen for defenders. And um, um, ma'am, thank you, ma'am, made a massive break. <laughs> pass the ball. Uh, yeah, it was. And, and like, I thought Penrith scored a really good try early in the game. I thought the attack's back, but but for the rest of the game, they were pedestrian until Sony Luke came on. Mm. He made a massive difference. How long um, before he's just the number nine? I, I don't think we're going to see it for a while. I think he'll stick with Big Kenny. Call, uh, Griff, oh, that's big call. I, I agree. I actually had this discussion with someone today, and I, yeah. I'm of your opinion. Look, Mitch Kenny was starting late in the season, and Appy was coming off the bench. Mm. And, and, and it was a formula that worked well. But um, at the moment, they're lacking because they're lacking Appy, they're lacking Kikau, and um, it's just not happening in attack at the moment. Uh a lot of criticism, I guess, from fans of, of Luke Garner. It hasn't I mean, it's early days. Um, Luke Garner is a good player. He showed that in a, in a Tigers side that weren't going real well. He actually was a bit of a shining light for him. Um, so we know we can do it. It's going to take a little bit of time. Uh, look, obviously, I want Penrith to win. I'm not really expecting him to win. Um, Luttrell apparently come out and said, and, and Graham alluded to it. Uh, Broken windscreen. Yeah. Yeah, there, cracks in the cracks windscreen. In the windscreen. There, there are. There's things to exploit. There are. Like, they're not the team. The the, the lacking out wide of Viliami kick-out means it's much easier for the defense to read what's going on. Um, mm. They're not worried about kick-out. Um, yeah. I, I think tomorrow night... Um, I think we've got to see better, a short kicking game. Cleary, Luai, they found Luttrell wanting in the past. Uh, Luttrell is playing. He's obviously injured. That's not going to help his speed. So I think that's going to be a point of attack for Penrith. I hope it's enough, but you know, I'm sitting south screen. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I You've kind of alluded to it there. Um, I'm going to ask you one quick question before my 10 minutes starts. I'll probably... Um, squeeze this in. Obviously, it's the game of the round, so we'll um, the two minutes will will work around. Is it as simple as the difference is Coruscant and Kickout missing? I I know. I mean, in my preview, I was going to talk about the fact that I mean, Kickout would attract a couple of defenders, and because you don't have those defenders committing, um, people have argued that Penrith are a little bit easier to defend. Uh, is it as simple as that's the difference? Those two players missing is the difference between what we were seeing last year to now? Or do you think there are more um, more moving parts to this? Uh, I, I, look, I, I think it... 
I think that's the majority of it. Like yeah. last week, you know, I look at the stats. They made two line breaks the whole game. The first one was for the try, which was a really good try early in the game. They didn't make another yeah. line break until Sony Luke went through from dummy half. And that was it. Um, you can't win too many games when you only make two line breaks. And and they, you know, they had plenty, that 54% possession. They just, just couldn't score. Um, so where are the line breaks coming from? Uh, I don't know. I think maybe, maybe a, a bigger role for Spencer. Um, and it's been floated around by a few people, you know, maybe Spencer out on the left edge. Um, I'm not saying just yet, but if, if things don't turn around, they're going to have to do something different. Because, like, St. Helens and the Broncos are not up there with the Roosters, the Rabbitohs, the Cowboys. Yet, they've both beaten Penrith at Penrith, and and you wouldn't have expected that would happen last year. Mm. Um, just quickly, I mean... People will want to comment. You're a Panthers fan. Uh, without getting too far into it, the Jerome Luai, Jamin Salmon thing, Griffo. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I think it's just, I think a lot of it is uh, passionate players looking for the best in each other. But some have suggested, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to jump on this a little bit. I feel as though... That's something we're not ex- we're not used to seeing from the Panthers. We're not used to seeing this. Um, what others outsiders looking in might say a bit of disharmony. Now I know it's it's you know I'm, I'm making a mountain out of a molehill here, but I think a lot of people are saying, well, look, you know, Panthers last year, the year before, they their instincts they w- they wouldn't expect to see two players um, going at it in front of the the cameras on the field. Um, I don't know if you thought there was much to it. No, not much to it. Yeah. I'd be more disappointed if they weren't passionate. Like, um, obviously, th- I didn't I didn't know at the time because, you know, I was walking on, but um, Luai's used to having Billy Army kick out outside him doing certain things and being there every play and and basically, the uh, you know, Jam and Salmon sort of admitted, look, I didn't, you know, just didn't get there for that one. But too tight. Um, yeah, it, it's not good enough, right? Understandable. Okay, it's round one, but if you're going to be playing that position, you got to be there. Mm. Um, they got high. This is why you win competitions. I agree with you. This is why you win competitions. Hundred percent. I thought. I thought. I thought at first, oh, you know, Jesus, a bit rough talking about. And then when I read that whole, oh, it's too tight, you can get there. And I'm like, these guys have won two premierships in a row. That doesn't wash with the Penrith culture. Like, you know, I, sure. I think it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a storm in a teacup. Yeah. It is it is to an extent. Um, clickbait. What do you guys it's good think? clickbait. Oh yeah, it's good. Clickbait. What do you guys clickbait. think about like from a club point of view? Do you reckon the club will be saying, "Hey, fellas, next time let's have that behind closed doors"? Yeah, behind. I think yeah, it's oh, already. 100%. I think that, that's 100%. already happened. Do it in the right? sheds. Do it in from the sheds. Yeah. 
Do I, it in the sheds. I, my concern out of this, I don't know if I've taken a different view Idiots. to everyone else. Just do it in the sheds. My concern is, and I don't know if this is, and yet, those, these are, they, look, these conversations happen on the field all the time. The camera just happened to be there. Um, yeah, I, th- I think in hindsight, from the club's point of view, they might say to Luai, they might say, look, uh, uh, this probably didn't help Jamin there. Um, in a sense that if that conversation happens elsewhere, I don't know if I'm looking into it too Do much, but it's sure. a bit precious in regards to the impact on, on him as a player being shown. Yeah, doesn't you know, help. On the field, it helps to, no one. Anyway, everyone, Everyone's um, heightened on the field. I think in hindsight, do it in shit. Yep. All right. So another reason we didn't see it too much because they, they haven't lost too much over the last right. couple of years. Yeah, yeah, you don't get the shit to when you win. And part of that is because the standards they set. Yeah. yeah, fair call. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see. He'll be looking for a big one this week because there has been some talk in the media. Um, and he's one of those players that is um, in the squad. We talked about it in the off season a lot, what his role is going to be and how he's coming in and what um, Jamin Simmons' job is going to be in this Panthers squad. Uh, this is a really tough one for me to pick. Um, the, I, I almost felt coming into this, guys, when I was going to give my opinions here, I, I'm almost going with a heart says Rabbitohs, head says Panthers situation. I've got concerns about South Sydney. You know, I've got concerns about the missing Totola and Arrow. People will argue they were effectively missing them last week and they got the job done and they were good. They were... But, you know, I worry about Penrith bouncing back. The The thing for me that I thought was most interesting about the, the South Sydney performance the other week was that they, they didn't go to the left side. The go-to side is now the right side. And I think the key element to that is the maturity and the evolution of Lachlan Ilias. He was absolutely phenomenal. And the combination of Lachlan Ilias and Campbell Graham is going to be one to look out for this year. And I almost think that Keon Kalamatangi became on the weekend in that game against the, the Sharks, almost that player that, that, that Penrith had in kickout where he attracts some attention and that left um, Campbell Graham untouched a couple of times to go over, um, uh, go over the try line. Uh, Cameron Murray, obviously, uh, he had to play 80 minutes because of uh, lack of options. Uh, not only did he play 80 minutes, and was he um, exceptional in attack? He made over 50 tackles. His statistics were ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, my, my only question is how South Sydney go with that forwards rotation because we know that for the Panthers, their forwards rotation... Um, obviously Luke Gardner is a new player in that squad, but with players like Spencer Lini being there, I mean, Matt Eisenhuth has always come in and done a job. I think this one is just just about too close to call. Um, and look, you guys know that when the tips come out, the Rabbitohs are going to be next to my name, but I'm, I'm really struggling with this one. I'm really concerned about this one. Um, I think it's going to be an absolute belter of a game. All right, the second game of the round will be Friday, 6 p.m. Uh, the Parramatta Eels taking on the Cronulla Sharks at Combank Stadium uh, in Parramatta. Uh, for this one, uh, Sean Russell, his certainty suspension then comes on the wing for Isaac Lumi Lumi. That's the only change that I can see for the Eels. 
um, after last week, narrowly going down to the Storm. As we mentioned for the Sharks, Wade Graham, um, he went to the judiciary last night. He'll be missing for uh, four weeks. So uh, he's been coming off the bench in recent times. Connor Tracy's going to come into the bench. Um, Royce Hunt coming back from elbow injury. Uh, Jack Williams is out with a head knock in this one. Um, Griffo, we've got the Parramatta Eels. They went close last week. The Cronulla Sharks, um, realistically, they they did go close. They were right in that game with South. I know that um, you know they were they were well and truly uh, within. Yeah, I mean, only lost by nine points, but they were they were they were always within reach of the Rabbitohs, and they they bombed a few chances. Um, these teams we know are going to be there or there about. They're, they're top eight quality teams. It'd be interesting to see what you think might separate them this week. Yeah, there's no games this week, Graham, that I'm confident in my tip. Um, I'm going Sharks here. Uh, I thought they were pretty good against the Rabbitohs. Uh, certainly in attack, they did some good things. They are still missing Nicole, um, so they're not as good as what they can be. I don't think the loss of Wade Graham is a huge loss because, as I've mentioned, they've really... He hasn't been a factor for the last couple of years for him. Um, and they've been quite successful. So I don't think Wade Graham is a massive loss. Uh, certainly nowhere near the, the loss of, of Nico. Um, I like the look, you know, one through to five. Kennedy, Katoa, Raymond, Talakai, and Blitalo. There's plenty of attack there. They're going to score points. Um, solid pack of forwards. I like their bench uh, with... Uh, Hunt coming back. Connor Tracy's a really good guy to have. Can cover a range of positions. Uh, and uh, State of Oregon, Kafusi up against his old team. We'll, we'll have a bit of a point to prove. Para, um, good in parts last week, but not in golden point. Uh, both the six and seven, but particularly the six, I think would be disappointed. With how we went last week, I do expect they'll improve. But this side, to me, look, they're a big chance of winning. They are at home. Was really impressed with uh, Jermaine Hopgood last week. It was outstanding. Dury, I thought, was very good. Um, so that back row, the Cartwright, was, was okay. Uh, back row went well, but... I just think uh, maybe the Sharks, yeah, with with again with no confidence, uh, Sharks don't lose two in a row all that often. Maybe the power, flip of the coin, Sharks. Yeah, interesting comments there, Shano from from Griffo, um, in, in and around the Sharks and Parramatta. Obviously, Parramatta coming off that Golden Point game, um, they've played a little bit more footy there. They had a really tough game a little bit longer turnaround um what did what did you make of the eels last week and obviously you watched the sharks very closely um there's also the mitchell moses factor here i don't know if any of you guys think that's impacting this whole contract talk happening out at Parramatta. yeah well that's that 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 seems to be the talk isn't it that the mitchell moses really just put pen to paper anywhere and you start playing some football um, it's very interesting. I, 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 I think where the Sean Russell, 
Mikasivo in the wingers with Lumi Lumi out. Um, Paramount have a truckloads of in, as does the Sharks. Um, Tracy, um, you know, is is one of those. I, I my, my feeling says that if the Sharks forwards can get on top of um, Parramatta, they're half a chance. I just look at their back line for Parramatta and say, look, last week they weren't too far away. There were some critical decisions from winning that game and they would have learned from that. I think that I think that they need their forwards this week to step up. Cameron McInnes in an in interchange, he's probably the best interchange of either side. Connor Tracy's named at 17. That's a good good player to have in there. I just look at Dale Fanukin at lock for the for the Sharks, another really good player. Hammy Muelli, Braley, number nine, Rudolph, number eight. It's going to be up to uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Junior Polo. I thought Josh Hodgson had one of his better games for a long mm. time. And in a new club, I thought he did really well. I'm picking the Parramatta Eels in this one. I think their back line will step up on the back of some forward on, on the back of some forwards go forward. And I think Josh Hodgson, I'm going to look for him to continue his um his improvement. Yeah, I, I think um I think you're onto something there. I actually really, really liked the Eels last week. I mean I like what the Sharks did. But, but I like the Eels. Um, my thoughts, and I think this is something we've even mentioned throughout the week, fellas, um, you know, around the water cooler at work, was that Parramatta had the opportunity in that game, especially in the first half. Their first half was very good. They had the opportunity to be up by a couple of tries. And had they capitalised on that, I know these are big ifs, but had they capitalised on that, um, it would have been very difficult for the Storm. I feel as though they might... That might be a bit of a theme this week that they need to capitalise on their opportunities, and um, and start well. And I think if they start well and they they get out early, I think the eels will be very very difficult to uh, to chase down um, for the sharks. So um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick with the eels in this one. But this is another one, guys. I think this game's gonna be an absolute belter and um, wouldn't be surprised either way. Okay, moving on to our third game of the week, um, the All-Queensland Clash. I know some people like to call this a local clash, but fair dinkum, it's a fair drive from Brisbane to uh, North Queensland at Townsville there. Uh, We'll call it the All-Queensland Clash here. It is happening at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. The Broncos coming off that big win against Penrith, um, taking on the North Queensland Cowboys uh, the big news, I think, for the Broncos uh, this week is Reese Walsh coming into that team that were able to beat the defending premiers last week. He's making his first NRL appearance in a Broncos jersey. He was out of round one with a facial fracture. They'll move Selwyn Cobo to the wing um, after he, he had a good week last week. So Jesse Arthur's obviously going back to 18th man. Um, Cowboys, they've got the same team that got the job done in week one, Shano. Um, yep, we, we've got one team coming off. It's 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 sort of a, a tale of two different stories here. We've got one team in the Broncos, 
who many didn't give a chance to win. They not they went to Penrith and come away with two points, which is something that teams very rarely do in recent times. Coming up against the Cowboys team, who were really expected to beat the Raiders, and whilst they got the job done, um, many would say they went about it the hard way and only just snuck home. Oh, for me, Graham, agreed. The big win for me for the Broncos is Reese Walsh in at fullback. Uh, Walsh, Oates, Staggs, Farnworth, Cobbo. It, it really does allow for some for some outside back carnage against Drickwater, Felt, Holmes, Hiku. Um, it's just Tom Dearden in at five eight. Again, just just just. Safe as houses, and a guy who gets very little credit, Chad Townsend, at number seven. I think this is going to be a game of the out of the backs. This is going to be a game played one to seven. I I've got a gut feeling. I I honestly think that eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen really can outplay each other. Like they they can cancel each other out. It's going to be what one. It's going to be what one to seven do and how they play it. Can I just say, Graham, I actually think that the bench plays a big role in this. And wow, when you look at the bench, um, Jake Granville, uh, James Tamau, Martin Tapau, Corey Pax, Palacia, Flegler, Tamal Brown. You know, the, the, these this is a big game. This... This has Blockbuster written all over it. Um, I really think that uh, Adam Reynolds' kicking game is going to be key in this. He's going to kick to the corners. He's going to make the, he's going to make the Cowboys work. Last week, it was very interesting that once the Raiders established a kicking game, they found it very difficult. Raiders, the, the, the Broncos won't have to establish one. They've got one of the best kickers in the NRL, and he's been like this. For, for, for the last 10 seasons and more in Adam Reynolds. He's got one of the best kicking games around. I've got a gut feeling. I'm picking the Broncos. Griffo, did you see enough last week out at, um, what do they call it now, Bluebet Stadium at Penrith? Out at Bluebet Stadium yeah, do, for, yeah. for the, the Broncos to continue and go two from two to open the season? Uh, they can do, no doubt. Again, it's just toss of a coin. Um, uh, I saw the early part of the Cowboys game where they went off to that big lead. They looked very slick. Um, Broncos impressed me greatly uh, with their defense. Um, they were right up for that game. They'll be up for it tomorrow. Both teams will be. Um, these teams, traditional rivals, uh, some of the great games of the NRL era between these two sides. Um, around about 10 years ago, every time they clashed, it was it was must-watch rugby league. We're, we're getting back to that. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if the Broncos get up. Uh, if anything, on paper, they're stronger with Reese Walsh making his de- club debut. Um, coming in for Arthur's with with uh, Cobble going to the wing. Cowboys, they're pretty consistent. Uh, they play at a high level. That's why I'm tipping them. 
it would not surprise at all if the Broncos get up. The, the two good teams will be a huge crowd and, and must watch. Uh, but tip in Cowboys because uh, I got to tip someone. That's it. Fair enough. Um, yeah, this is a tough one. I'm, 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 I'm gonna jump on the um, the excitement train, so to speak. I'm just, I'm just gonna get carried away with the hype. I'm gonna go Brisbane. Um, they're at home. We've talked about the impact of their their draw and how many games they play in Queensland. Playing against a fellow Queensland team and not having to travel uh, in the Cowboys is also a bit of a win. I actually was really excited to see the strike they had out wide last week. And I know Shane alluded to the fact that their outside backs were really good in Farmworth and Staggs. Um, Reese Walsh, he just adds another element to this team. My only concern is the fact that he hasn't played a lot of football. And I worry that if they try to force too much, it can become a bit clunky. Um, and if that's the case, it might bring the Cowboys right back into it. But, um, in addition to that, two players who I thought were absolutely phenomenal for the Broncos last week were Payne Haas and Pat Carrigan. Uh, Pat Carrigan, I think, is one of my favourites. And one other player who we haven't mentioned on the podcast this week who I thought did a good job and we, we questioned his value in this Brisbane team is Marty Tapao. I actually thought he did a phenomenal job coming off the bench last week for Brisbane. Um... So, yeah, I'm going to get carried away with the hype. I'm going to go Broncos in this one, uh, fellas, and um, I'm tipping them to be two from two, which may mean I need to reshuffle my uh, my top eight if that's the case. All right, moving on from the, uh, the Friday night game up there in Queensland, uh, we then move to uh, the Sydney Football Stadium on Saturday at 3 p.m. with the Sydney Roosters taking on the New Zealand Warriors are uh, the Roosters we know coming off that uh, that massive upset. It's probably one of the biggest upsets we've seen in um, in recent times, uh, losing to the Dolphins. Uh, but, geez, they've got some good news coming in for them, the Roosters. Joey Manu, he's been named to return from his facial fracture that he suffered in the preseason, uh, arguably one of their best players and their biggest strike weapons. He'll be back in the team. That would mean that Drew Hutchinson goes back to the interchange bench. Corey Allen's a player that drops out to 18th man. Uh, Baker comes in for Lodge. He's had surgery on another facial fracture. Uh, he suffered that one last week. So um, not one that we've heard a lot about this week, fellas. But Matt Lodge, a bit of a loss for them. Victor Radley and um, Brandon Smith, they're going through the um, concussion return to play protocols this week. So that's a bit of a watch this space. We know that especially the Radley um, one, he didn't look well. So... Um, Definitely keep keep your eyes on that one. Um, and Jared Weir Hargraves, he's still out with uh, his back injury. The Warriors, uh, they're unchanged uh, this week. They came off um, a win last week. So um, the coaches decided, let's stick with it. They defeated the Knights last week. Uh, I'll go to you, Griffo, on this one. Um, the Roosters, geez. They're not the type of team you want to play coming off a loss where they expected to win. Um, you thinking here that the bounce back factor might be a massive one that that could bite the Warriors? Uh, that's part of it, Graham. Um, I, I think it's not just the bounce back. I think it's the introduction of of Joy Manu um, makes a huge difference. You look at that Roosters backline now, uh, and 
it starts to look somewhat formidable. Um, so I'm just so I'm just getting back on my screen here. Uh, we've got a backline that reads. There we are: Tedesco, Tupo, Suali'i, Manu, Paolo, Kiri, Walker. Now. Uh, I'd say uh, six of those seven guys are, are pretty much top notch. Um, Poor Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> but look, you know what I mean. Like it was obvious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm having a laugh know, he's, there. He's, he's a guy trying trying to trying to prove. I mean, he's an NRL player. Yeah. Um, and and I think in this team, given a little bit of time, he'll be a very good NRL player. I think uh, so too. I agree. I I think for mine. The worry for me is is the forwards for the Roosters, particularly with with a you know, big cloud over uh, Victor Radley. Um, the forward pack of Collins, Smith, Baker, Butcher, Butcher, and Radley is not the best that the Roosters, if they had everyone on deck, could could field. Um, so if if Newcastle, oh sorry, not Newcastle, I just saw Barnett's name. Um, if, if the Warriors. Uh, if if their forwards can get on top, uh, they're, they're a chance in this game. You know, winning last week would have given them some confidence, but I think the Roosters have a point to prove, and uh, they were poor last week, not not just because they were missing players, but because they made a lot of mistakes. Uh, I would think there's very much going to be that focus on eliminating or, or re- drastically reducing mistakes. I can't see the Warriors stopping that backline of the Roosters. So I'm, I'm actually, uh, I've got the Roosters this week uh, as uh, my both my Joker and mm. also I'm, I'm one of the few left in uh, in the knockout. knockout. Who did you have last week? Cowboys. Cowboys. Oh, JJ um, just got through. Yeah, too. yeah, I know. Uh, I was, All I was of us are out. Hill, but <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm all in on the Roosters this week. I hope they don't let me down. All right, Shana, what are you thinking? Because um, we oh, know the Roosters are quality, and as Griffo said, adding um, Joey Manu, extra level of quality, isn't it? What can I add? I think the I think the Roosters are a better side. I acknowledge that Lodge is out, but I think they're a better side than what they were last week. Um, the Warriors, again, look, if there was a top four side playing the Roosters, you could start to have some, some discussions. This is the Warriors playing them. I really think across the park, I can't find a position where the Warriors actually begin to outplay um, the Roosters. Graham, it's, it's on top of what Griffo said, it's very little discussion. Roosters win. Yeah, um, you'd have to think this week. Um, I mean, a quality team like the Roosters, they don't lose. Uh, two in a row. They're coming up against the Warriors team who, whilst they're coming off a win, um, many will say, well, yeah, they, they played the Knights last week and, um, you know, all credit to them. There were there were some some positives, definitely from the Warriors. I mean, Charles Nickel Klockstad, I think that, I think I pronounced that correctly, Griffo, is that correct? Uh, my pronunciation is Nick Klockelshanstadt. Nick oh, Clockelshanstadt, sorry, mate. Yeah, I, I, I do apologise to... Um, I might be wrong. Yeah, but, but... no, I, I like to get it right, and we know we want to get it right. I thought he was actually really good last week. Um, another player who was a bit of a flashback for, for Supercoach fans, um, Tohu Harris, 
I thought played really well. So there's some some positive signs there in the Warriors team, and they've got some um some talent across the park. But you know the Roosters are the Roosters. I think uh, given the opportunity and a bit more room to move, um, I don't know if the Warriors will have the enthusiasm that the Dolphins had last week. The Dolphins were really up for that game. And um, they they just really wanted it more, and I think coming off a loss, the Roosters, um, they they they're the type of team that knows how to turn things around, and the Roosters have always been that team, fellas, and they don't care if they lose the first three because they they build to the back end of the season. But I think that they'll be keen to get a win on the board this week, and I think that they will get one. I am tipping the Roosters to beat the Warriors, and I actually think they'll bounce back big. I think they'll win well. Could very well be my joker in the feed, Griffo. Okay, so uh, that then leads us to the 5.30 game. We have the undefeated Dolphins taking on the Raiders this week. Um, that, that was just huge. We've talked about how much of an event it was last week with Wayne Bennett's team. Uh, getting the win over the Roosters last week. Um, Mason Teague this week, he's been known to make his NRL debut off the bench, replacing Ray Stone. Uh, he's got a knee injury. Uh, he didn't last uh, long into the season. Hopefully it's not too bad for him. Um, I thought the reserves list was very interesting with the likes of um, Cody Nicarima, Anthony Milford, uh, Robert Jennings, players that we're familiar with, uh, especially Nicarima and Milford. Um, I think they'll they'll have to work very hard to, to make their way into this team, especially backed off on the back of last week's performances. Um, getting back to the team news, the Raiders just once changed to their side. Uh, Hopawati in for Rapana, who, as we mentioned earlier when we chatted about some of the suspensions are, He's going to be missing for three games um, due to his suspension. Uh, for those wondering, Josh Papali'i not there this week, still a couple of weeks off. By the looks of things, Shano, um, really the Dolphins, a lot of the talk this week has been about them, the excitement around this team. They're at KO Stadium in Redcliffe this week. I know you're going to love that, the fact that they're actually at they're real home ground. They're playing in Redcliffe yep. this week. That's got to mean a lot to them. And um, yeah, yeah, really going to their traditional home ground um, in round two with a win under their belt from round one. They're going to win. Oh, I've got them winning round two. Um, I, 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 I thought I thought with the Dolphins, it's it'll be interesting to see what they did in round one to see what happens. Um, look, let's talk about the Raiders. Sebastian Chris, fullback, uh, Kotrick, um, Hawate, um in on the wings. No Rapana, White and Fogarty. You know, they're a solid side with Whitehead, second row, Hudson Young, Tarpane. I just look at what the Dolphins did last week. They are really, really settled. You know, they're more or less throwing the same team out that they played last week. It, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I, I I genuinely think that these guys will be one to seventeen. I've got I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on them as as winning this week. I think that I think that they're playing a game of football. And what appeared 
what it appears from after round one is where everyone has to contribute. Everyone has to do the meters. Everyone has to tackle. Everyone has to contribute. I think that's a, I think that's a really interesting ploy because when we see that from, from, um, uh, from Bennett's sides, it means that everyone feels like they're part of the side and everyone just steps in. That's the perfect remedy to break down a Raiders side. Mentally, mentally and physically, I think this Raiders side at the moment is made of fairy force. And, and it, it's going to go, it, you know, it doesn't take a lot to break it down. They did well to come back last week. I just think that the Dolphins, if they do what they did last week against the Raiders, they'll win. And I'm, I'm accepting, I'm, I'm expecting the same again at their ancestral ground. I got the Dolphins, Gray. Um, what are your thoughts, Griffo? Was it, uh, did, did last week's win come down to the excitement, the occasion, them lifting for that game because it was their first and it was a big one? Um, are they the real deal? Where do you see the Dolphins in the shuffle here? And more particularly, where do you see them um, Yeah, in relation to the Raiders who they come up against this week? Yeah, they were outstanding last week. I could take nothing away from them. Um, they deserved their win. And it, it was a not just a win against the Roosters. It was a bit of a thumping. Um, probably the score... I reflect between the two teams. But in saying that, the Roosters just shot themselves in the foot continually. They mm. lost players throughout the game to injury and uh, Sindin. Um, that's taken nothing away from the Dolphins. Canberra, I think they've got to win this game. Um they uh, they're still missing their their big man up front in in uh, Josh Papaliti. Uh, I just think this is too important to Canberra. Um, I don't think they're a team. If I know they did it last year, they came back with a bit of a wet sail at the end of the year, but they were playing generally poor teams. Um. I don't think they can get too far behind the top eight. And, and I know it's only round two here, but most teams, when they come up against the Dolphins, are thinking that should be two points we're going to take. Um, I, I think we'll see the same level of enthusiasm from the Dolphins. But whether they can get the two points, I mean, I, I'm not sure. Uh, they're a big chance. They're a big chance. But uh, I'm, I'm tipping Canberra again with no confidence. Um, but I'm going to stick with the uh, Raiders. I have no idea what to do here. Um, gosh, it's, it's, it's almost as though I worry that the Dolphins... Yeah, it's so hard to tip when you've only seen one real game from them. And I don't know how much of last week was the occasion and emotion for the Dolphins. And this week coming up against the Raiders, all that's died down and they go, okay, we've got to now lift the game for this. And I don't know, I don't know how well they'll be able to do that. I'm going to go out on a fin. 
as opposed to out on a limb and tip the Dolphins. And I'm purely going to say that the the differentiation between the two teams, because I can't pick between the two teams um, in any other area, I'm going to say the Dolphins are going to lift and want to play a big game at Redcliffe and bring that win from last week back to the fans and, um, and serve them up something at their traditional home. So I'm going to go Dolphins in a super tight one because I don't know if the Raiders are getting enough credit for the way they stayed in the game last week and and pushed the Cowboys. Yeah, I'll, I'll go I'll go Dolphins and as you can hear my my reasons are pretty ordinary but I'll stick with them. Fins up. All right. So, uh the last game we will see on our Super Saturday screens Storm hosting the Bulldogs. So the Storm in Melbourne, uh, we talked about those injuries earlier on in the uh, the podcast. Obviously, Pappenhausen's still out. Uh, the, the big loss and change from last week's team. If Cameron Munster, with that finger injury we discussed, um, Tyron Wishett's going to take over at 5'8". Um, Penne coming onto the bench after recovering from a rib injury. Uh, there is some talk that he... Uh, maybe touch and go, but the club is saying he's good to go. Xavier Coates has been named to play, but he's got a crook shoulder. Um, I know a lot of tipsters might be holding off to see uh, whether or not he plays before making a final decision on this one. But um, on on the flip side, the Bulldogs, uh, Cameron Seraldo coaching them. They went down to Manly last week, but they're going to stick with the same 17-man squad that played last week. Um, we alluded to it before, Griffo, but uh, really um, we're going to see how much of an impact it takes and we're going to find out on Saturday night. But uh, the, the, they've already, they're already down on troops. Munster's missing. Is that enough to, to pull them back to the pack uh, to the extent where the dogs are a chance in this one? Uh, dogs are a big chance, but I'm going to stick with Melbourne at home. Um Munster is a massive loss on top of of, of uh, the flying Dutchman and, and just in all of them. So the attack is is really going to be an area that's going to be a bit of a problem uh, for the Storm. A lot of pressure on the shoulders of Jerome Hughes. Now he's an outstanding player, but the Dogs can certainly target and know that Pretty much everything the Storm do is going to come through Hughes or Harry Grant. Um, so it's going to make the, the you know, much easier job for the Bulldogs. But to me, they they don't look all that solid either. Um, talk last week about the fact that they're missing quite a few players in the forwards in particular. Thompson uh, with his long-term injury into Vita Panga Jr. who's got a few more weeks before he's back. So I, I'm not convinced, uh, you know, about their credentials yet. Um, if they can go down to Melbourne and get the points, that really turns around any negativity that came out of last week. And then there was quite a bit because they were pretty ordinary. Um I'm going to stick with the home team. 
they have got Nelson, they've got Welsh, they've got Harry Grant, and a, and a decent back row of Liero, Katoa, and King. Um, it's just whether they've got enough points in them. Uh, I'm going to think they'll have enough points. Uh, I would have. I was interested to see, you know, whether they were going to bring in Young Pezet this week. We know he's a quality uh, playmaker. They've gone for Wishart at five eight. Um, if maybe if uh, Coates is out, maybe they they bring in Pezet and put Wishart on the wing. Um, that's an option for them. But uh, the the thing with Wishart is uh, you don't want him at one, two, or five because he can't catch the bomb. But uh, anyway, see how see how it works out. You might have to kick a few this week, Shano. Um, filling in, I yeah, I, I I was a I was a bit unsure when I saw the um the team named, but um, look, we know the storm. Regardless of who pulls on that purple jersey, they they're going they've been sent out there. They'll be given a job to do. But um, I I think the Bulldogs and Cameron Serraldo will see this as an opportunity to knock off one of the heavyweights. Well, I agree because I agree with Griffo here. I think that Coates won't play. You'd almost think to put um, to put Wishart in that position and Pezzet comes up and plays. I I I I I think that's the way it's going to go. If Coates plays, well then it'll be a bit of a miracle. Um, I I can't really um, add much to what Griffo says. I I I, I I'm in agreement with him. The biggest problem is, I agree with him, the, is the high ball. For, look, I'm going to take a different tack. I'm choosing the Storm. I think the Storm will win this game. Mm. I'm going to say what I think that the Bulldogs need to win this game. I think if the Bulldogs win this game, they've got to hold on to the ball. They've got to keep possession. They've got to look for Matt Burton to, to, to work more on repeat sets. And they've got to get early ball out to Addo Carr. That's only going to happen if people like Reed Marnie, Ryan Sutton, Kikau can get forward with King and, and really get them on the front foot. For Tyler Mariner, again, good, good player. Just needs to get them on the front foot and Brown. I do think they're a bit skinny on the bench, to be fair. I, I, I think that their bench doesn't really hold a lot of answers for the dogs. But if the dogs can just get their forwards to work well and allow some key players in their back line to do some things, I I just think the Storm are too well coached. Um, I ha, A part of me says, okay, say these teams were equal, it comes down to the coaching. No disrespect to Serraldo. He will be a fantastic NRL coach in his time. We're now working with a guy called Craig Bellamy. And and I think for that and for some people like Harry Grant, Christian Welch, uh, Big Nelson, Jerome Hughes, uh, I've got the Storm winning this game. Yeah, I agree. I like the Storm in this one. Um, they, were, they, were, they were good last week. And even without Munster, I still think they're a step above the, the Dogs. Um, they've got some quality young players here. I mean, we, we also talked about Harry Grant. I, I think we need to talk about the impact he has on this team and the way he can just take a game and pull something out of nothing. 
Um, but even some of the other players, like um, we've talked about Warbrick on the podcast, and I know he's he's a winger and um, you, know, you can only do so much on the wing, but I thought he was really good last week. I really liked what he did, um, and I'm really interested to see um, what Wishart can do in the number six. That's the big unknown for me. Um, coming up against some... Some good players in the dogs, but the storm of the storm, I think the safe thing for our fans to do this week, um, whatever it's worth to you, is um, I'll, I'll be suggesting tipping the storm this week, guys. All right, and then there was the Tigers game. Um, the Tigers, they are coming up against uh, the Knights this week. This one also at Leichhardt Oval. Um, team news for this one, Coris, Coruscant named to start, um, yeah, uh, he came off the bench last week, a lot of people are talking about the fact that he's got a bit of a calf injury, I don't know if it's tactical or to manage injuries, um, we'll, we'll see what Sheens does there. Sean Bloor, he looks like he'll probably play. Uh, he's going to go through the concussion protocols. He copped a head knock last week. Um, the club are also telling us that Naden and Talau are also good to go. They've had uh, leg injuries. Um, Dang Gagai for the Knights. Um, he's been named, but there is some talk that he's got a few uh, fitness tests to pass this week if he's going to... Uh, take his place on Sunday. So given the fact the game's not until Sunday, that will help him. Um, the other person going through some um, protocols is Tyson Frizzell. He's, uh, his would be for his head knock. Um, Mars Hugh, he's in the reserves. He looks like he'll be pretty close to coming back from a hip injury. Um, you'd imagine Tawala will probably be the player to come in if Gagai uh, does succumb to that hamstring injury. Shano, the Tigers and Knights both coming off a loss last week. These teams in recent years have been dubbed perennial losers. Uh, many of us <laughs> thought that the Tigers would bounce back last week and they were disappointing against the, the Titans. They just couldn't seem to to take opportunities when, when they presented themselves. Um, they're, they're a team that's, that's trying to build and um, they've got some quality players in chorus out there and also uh, the way he had some good, um, good moments last week. Do you think that being at Leichhardt and um, having a, a week under their belts enough for the Tigers in this one or do you think the Knights might be able to, well, to get the job done? I'll start with the Tigers, Graham. If someone mm. said this is your this is your backline, Laurie, Nafaluma, Naden, Talal, Charlie Staines, and Dwayne and uh, Luke Brooks, you'd go, that's a pretty good backline. Um, they've just got to step up and do it. I think Appy Corusau is the key here. I think he's the guy to to move the side around. I think David Clemmer, um, he needs to wear his big boy pants this weekend and and do some things with Isaiah Papali'i. Um, Joe Fengawi in the, in the lock, um, again, just needs to step up. For the Tigers, they just need to hold the ball and control possession. i got to say, I, the disappointment of last week, and, and you can talk about the Roosters all you want, was from the, the Knights were one of those for me. 
they have significant issues getting the ball to players who can play good football. Uh, Bradman Best, two years ago, was one of the next big things in the NRL. Dominic Young is, 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 is looking at commanding significant amount of money. Caelan Ponga, well, you know, from what we heard, every club wanted his signature. If your last name was Sasai Fidi, you had half a chance of going anywhere. Tyson Frizzell was the same. Uh, Kurt Mann in the lock, you know, people wanted this guy here. I, I just look at, I just look at this side and I just go, why is it that for some reason they can't gel? They just, they just don't seem to be able to play a team game. They play a very individual game. Dane guys in, I don't know what that will do for them. I, I, I'm at a loss to know Maybe. what that will do. You know, I just don't see what they don't play a team game. Can I do? Can I say this? I think that the Tigers reserves and the Tigers bench looks a bit stronger than the Knights. I look at these two sides and I just go: one looks like a team that wants to play football and win; the other just looks like this disjointed uh, group of people who are relying on some key personnel. To get them over the line. I've got the Tigers in this one. It'll be close, but at home I've got the Tigers, Griff. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with you on that, Shane. I, I tipped against the Tigers last week, and um, you know I was I, I really thought that the Gold Coast would go down there and win because I, I thought on on paper they had a really good team. Um, but I'll talk about them soon. And on the Tigers. They did show glimpses of really good play uh, in the second half, but and they look the forward pack's really good. Uh, I'm surprised Bateman's not playing. I would have played him. Um, he's quality. He knows how to play rugby league. He might not have you known all their plays because he's only been here for a few weeks. And 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 I understood not playing game one, but you're uh, you're bringing in. A guy who who we know is a rugby league player. Um, he don't need too much help uh, learning all their plays. Um, would their side be stronger with him in the team? Absolutely. Um, but I still think you know I, I don't rate Newcastle um, individually. They, as, and you you went through it. They got a lot of really good players there, um, but collectively. Yeah, not, not really liking what they bring. Uh, I might be proven wrong, but I think it's really important after the loss last week for the Tigers at home that uh, that they need to prove to themselves, but also the huge numbers of supporters that that um, you know this is not just going to be another year where they're also rants. Um, I don't like their back line. I do like their forward pack. They have to win it there. Uh, they've they've got tries in them out wide, but again, the the, the defensive capabilities are questionable. Um, Kalen Ponga could run a mock, but uh, I'm going to stick with the Tigers at home with no confidence, Graham. Yeah, I'm a bit with you guys. I've got the Tigers. Like, this is the type of game where if I was in a pick the score competition, I'd say Tigers to win 4-2. 
Like, I, I know I'm exaggerating there. I feel like there's going to be a low-scoring game, um, and it might just be a flash of individual brilliance or a lapse of defence or a combination of both, where, like, a Adam Dewey or a Coruscant might slip over to get a try. That might be the difference. But um, I think if that's going to come from any team, that type of thing, um, I'm more likely to see it from the Tigers. So I'll give them the nod in this one. <laughs> Okay, moving on to our final game of the round. We've got the Dragons, who are coming off the bye last week. Uh, keeping in mind there's a bye every week. For those playing at home, the Manly Seagulls are the team that have the bye this week. Uh, but the Dragons, they'll be playing at home um, at Cogra against the uh, the Gold Coast Titans this week. Um, the, the Titans coming off a loss, so it'll be a tough ask for the Dragons, obviously. But um, with their team news, Jack Bird coming back from a knee injury. He's going to start at lock. Um, Jack DeBellin's still out with a calf in- injury. Um, Hunt and Sullivan in the halves with Mbai at hooker. Um, that's obviously Jaden Sullivan there. Uh, Jacob Little coming off the bench. Um Toby Couchman's making his uh, NRL debut off the bench. Musgrove also there with Molo and Little. Um, the other interesting thing to mention, guys, that didn't come up in any other conversation, um, Talatau Amon has been added to the Dragons' extended bench. Um, the NRL confirmed this week that the no-fault stand-down condition will no longer apply to him. So he is uh, eligible to play, uh, but currently in the number 21 jersey in the reserves list with the likes of Aaron Woods this week. Um, Titans, they won last week. They're going to kick on with the same 17. Um, Kieran Foran named. He's probably the only player that's um, that's got some sort of injury concern. He had some... Um, some knee concerns last week at Leichhardt Oval. Uh, the word is, I think, Griffo looking at the reserves that if Kieran Foran's not good to go, they might call on the sex bomb to come in. He's got the number 22 jersey this week. Um, Dragon, I like though, it how the two number twos are Toby Sexton and Aaron Woods. The two twenty-twos. There you go. The, 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 the sex, sex bomb, bomb and with the wood. wood. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's also someone <laughs> on the bench that's spry. So um, hopefully they can uh, combine all of that, Shano. But uh, look, in the context of this game, the Dragons. There, it's a bit of the unknown here with the Dragons. We haven't seen them in a competitive. No, no that's NRL that's my game. that's my problem. But. Um, do we read much into the fact that when Graham. the full strength team was on in the first half of the charity shield, they got I'm they got I'm looking at trial up. form. I'm looking at trial form, uh, Graham. And I agree with you. Um Brimson, uh Shoop Dog, we've got uh uh we've got Foran, Verils, Big Tino, David Feeder, Joe Stimson, Isaac Liu. I, I look at what they've Presenting with uh, Campbell on the bench, um, Fodawaka as well, versus the the Dragon side, which is at home. Granted, 
um, Sloan, Lamax, Ravalawa, Stephen Hunt, Francis Molo, Moses Mby, Blake Lowry, uh, Jaden Sua, Jack Bird, and Jacob Little, Marsgrove. I, 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 I'm looking at the Titans and I just go, you know what? I just think they've got a bit more of the game breaker in them. Um, we mentioned earlier that Fafita re-signed for, for a sizable amount of coin. Um, this is his time to shine against his side. Uh, he's, you know, Murdoch Masella uh, and Jaden Sewer. He, he can have their number uh, helped by Joe Simpson, uh, Simpson. I think Big Tino needs to step up here. I think that um, AJ Brimson, he needs to have a good show on here. I've got the Titans. I think the Titans in a nail biter. I really think this is going to be extra point. Um, oh. It will it will take a lot for the Dragons. I just looked at what the Dragons done in the in the trial form, and I just think mm, maybe maybe not. But, um, you know, I, I just look at who the Titans are putting on the field this week with Kieran Foran controlling those halves. And I think that they look to be a very structured side. If the Dragons win, it's going to be around Ben Hunt and, and how he moves this side around. It's whether the Fords work with him. Moses Mbai will have to start playing some serious football which we haven't seen in a long time. I've got the Titans in an arbiter. Griffo, the Titans last week got the win. Did you see enough in them last week to be confident that they can back it up? And for a team that um, none of us had in the the top eight, uh, possibly going two from two after two rounds? Graham, I said last week that uh, the only thing, the only reason that I didn't put the Titans in the top eight was because of the jersey they wear and the name of the team. Um, not because of the squad, because I think yeah. this is a really good squad. I, I was really impressed with what they did last week in defence. The Titans' Achilles heel over the last few years has been their inability to stop tries. Now, they've put the shoot dog in there out wide. I thought he was wonderful last week. Um, they've got Try scoring uh, players all over the shop there. Uh, Brimson, Khan Pereira, Sami's a scorer, Jojo Fafida. Um, and in the forwards, there's no more damaging forward than Fifita of the David variety. I really like Sam Verrills as a hooker. When Arpy left, I thought, gee, he'd be a good signing um, for Penrith. Um, but he's quality. Um, they've got the jack in the box off the bench if they need to score some tries. Jaden Campbell, um, like Shane, uh, I don't think Campbell will come in if if Foreign's out. I don't think Foreign will play. Um, he's too important to them. He gives them direction. You don't want him out for an extended period. Um, but I think they've learned a lot from him. I think the sex bomb probably come in, play six. Um, and I just think they're a better team than the Dragons at the moment. The Dragons have got a lot of players who can play well in attack. Um, but, you know, they have their on games, their off games. Apart from Ben Horn, 
probably Ben Hunt's the best player on the field. But uh, I just think the game, uh, they really impressed me last week, and I, I think uh, they can account for the Dragons. Mm. It's an interesting start for the Dragons, having the bye round one. Um, look, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I'd want my team to have the bye round one. Um, I, I don't know if that... I feel like they might be a bit slow to start. I feel like having that week under the belt's going to be very beneficial for the teams that played last week. You've already had that, um, for want of a better term, full squirt, where you've gone out, you've played full tilt, and you've come up against a team in the in the Titans' case. They got the chocolates, but you know other teams might have had some tough games, and they've they've worked on a few things. The Dragons, people argue, are coming in fresh, but. I think at this time of the season, um, they might have a bit of ring rust, for want of a better term, to use a boxing term there. Um, nothing nothing prepares you to play rugby league games like playing rugby league games. You can train all you want, and I think they might just be one game underdone, and based on what we saw in the Charity Shield, they were not ready to go in the um in the trials so given the fact the titans come off a win last week i didn't pick them for that win um given the fact that you guys have clearly highlighted and and supported the fact that they have a a really good squad of of young promising players and players that have shown that they can play very well um the 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 biggest challenge i think for them is consistently doing it week in week out and this is an opportunity for them to show it um, and get two wins in a row. I'm I'm going with the Titans in this one, fellas. I um I like them. I think that they'll get the job done against the Dragons, who I think might struggle a bit this year. All right, fellas. Well, geez, we covered a covered a fair bit this week, as we do every week. Um, it's it's been wonderful to have you guys on board. I think um, look the obvious thing to look forward to this week is the big blockbuster tomorrow night um as yep. we're recording it this time tomorrow we'll know who's won so very well you know a lot of these comments might be out of date by the time people catch up on the podcast well, throughout the week but that's true um in in saying that uh you know i think a lot of people listen to this podcast a lot of people i've talked to fellas uh wear the soundtrack to their thursday work day so a lot of tradies who i know who oh, are right. fans of the oh, podcast well, that's cool they they pop That's us cool. on and um they we get um, them through the first half of their Thursday. So if you're listening to us on a Thursday know, and you're on the job, um really appreciate the support. Hundred percent. I know we don't like sports bet, but I just want to make a or or betting in general. But can I just just highlight something that South Sydney were two dollars sixty this time last week to beat Penrith at two twenty six. So that's coming in massively. I think a lot of people saw the value in them, and that's what's shortening. Yeah, them that's I, I, I agree. I agree, and I don't I, think I, it's I, anything to do with uh, the no, teams or so. And I think it's the no. money coming in from. But a dollar sixty-four. Um, look, you got probably one of the most Penrith's diehard about Penrith right, fans. One of the most diehard Penrith fans saying that um, he's he thinks the Rabbitohs will win. So, yeah, for them to be paying over over two dollars. Um, Few few interesting things with the odds this week. Uh, Broncos favourites against the Cowboys, uh, Raiders favourites despite the the Dolphins' um, good performance last week. Um, 
Yeah, and, 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 and the money's pretty close for the Dragons Titans. So I think we're going to have a great round of footy, fellas. I think there's plenty week to look of forward footy, to guys. this week. Um, I, I, I think, um, you know, basically as I was alluding to a moment ago, the, the highlight is the um, the big game on Thursday night with the Rabbitohs taking on the yeah. Panthers. But don't don't just think that's the only thing this week. There's, there's great footy all round. There's plenty to look forward to. And... Um, we look forward to your Thank you. um, listenership. We look forward Thank to you, the listeners. Rugby League. And um, we just want to thank you for supporting us. Have Absolutely. a good week. Have a good week. Enjoy the footy. Hope your team next wins. Week. Bye-bye. Unless you go for the Panthers. <laughs> we hope your team... I hope Shane's team wins and Griffo's other. Have a good week. Should be a foul time. Take care, guys. Nice.